Good morning. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glennie's Griffin. Dreary Monday. But certainly a pleasant Monday after the Orioles took two out of three from the Red Sox. It's kind of a shame not to, uh, to sweep a poverty franchise like Boston, but you know. Every now and then, even the crappy teams in baseball are able to win a game or two. It's the way it works. And uh, Jorge Mateo playing the hero. What a scene that was. I'll talk about that in a second. What a scene that was last night in Williamsport. Um, apparently, a couple of you watched some of the Ravens games last night. I can't fathom why. I did flip over just because I had the Cardinals covering. And again, that's that's the reason. That's the only reason to care. Um, I did flip over near the end, and I admit I was very disappointed when uh, Guantanamo Bay or whatever the hell the name of the quarterback was that was in for Arizona at that point had apparently, and I I was unaware, I did not know the Ravens were up like huge. They were up by three touchdowns or something like that. And all of a sudden, uh, the, the, the Cardinals came storming back, and now I got a shot at a cover. Just when I turn it on. The Cardinals didn't really, by the way, they didn't really at the end of the first half have like fourth and goal from the three and decide to kick a 20-yard field goal, right? There's no way that happened. Well, they were looking into the eyes of Malik Harrison. There is, they, like, they, they're in on it. They're in on, they are conspiring. There is zero reason. All right, I, I can't believe I'm spending even 20 seconds on this. Let me make this abundantly clear. You never need to practice a 20-yard field goal in a preseason game. You've practiced your 20-yard field goals during practice. You never, ever, 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 ever need to practice that during a preseason game. Ever. Now, there are reasons why you might want to practice running offensive plays from the three-yard line, trying some things out. There are reasons for doing that. There is zero reason in a preseason game. It is. It should be outlawed. If the Ravens did something like that, I'd lose my mind. I wouldn't really because I don't care enough, but you get the point. It should be outlawed. Kicking a 20-yard field goal in a preseason game. goes back to the point. I wrote today at PressBoxOnline.com. Um, I, I keep trying to explain this. The Ravens have not won 22 consecutive anythings. Because you cannot win an exhibition. I get it. They declare someone a winner. They didn't really win anything. And I, people get very angry when I say these things because it feels like I'm... Sh- I was about to use the S word. It feels like I'm S-ing on them. I'm not. It is an anomaly. It is not a statement of any sort. It is not something that speaks to winning culture. It is not. It is nothing. It is an anomaly. You have no idea if one team is trying at all Calling it a win is a farce. You didn't win something. Stop trying to write think pieces and come up with grandiose statements about what it means about the Ravens. It doesn't mean anything. You know what matters? The Ravens have won a lot of games in the regular season. They're a winning organization. This is nothing. 
We should burn the final results of preseason games immediately when they're over so that no one would know them. Because no one wins and no one loses, except for the idiot that bet on the Cardinals to cover the six and a half. That guy lost. It's the only winning and losing that can occur in the preseason or somebody getting hurt. Thankfully, the couple of scares the Ravens had, I am to understand. Uh, somebody told me that Daniel Fa'alele went down in the yeah, first Yeah, he did, but then he came back. He's And then I heard uh, Travis Jones went down at one point. But I was all, uh, maybe he came back or not. I don't know if he came back I don't know if he came not. back. I could not tell you if he came back or not. But um, that's that's it. That's it. Stop trying to make this a thing. And I wrote about it. There's a tradition unlike any other. I give away my Monday column on this show. Um, I wrote about it today at PressBoxOnline.com. The argument that what the Ravens are doing in the preseason is a testament to their depth is all well and good. And what it really is, is the best argument for why winning a bunch of preseason games can't hurt. That's the best thing I can say about it. It can't hurt. It doesn't help, but it can't hurt. It can't be a bad thing, except for... A lot of times a team that's built with depth, a team that's built with a bunch of fourth-round picks, six fourth-round picks, and I get it, not all of them are playing, but a lot of those teams are going to be deeper than teams that are running a bunch of undrafted free agents out in the preseason. If you've got six fourth-round picks and they've got one and they're not playing anything before a fourth-round pick and neither are you, you've got the advantage. Does that help you win a Super Bowl? Hypothetically, an argument the Ravens are proving of how deep they are is a great argument for why it is that the Ravens are better suited to overcome injuries. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, you could say, yes, the results don't actually matter, but maybe it's proof about what they've built with their depth and that they could withstand more injuries. Now, they couldn't withstand all the injuries they suffered a year ago, but for what it's worth, when they had suffered a reasonable number of injuries, frankly, still more than you would imagine, they went 8-3 and three to start the season. It wasn't until they literally lost everyone that the bottom fell out. So the argument about the preseason win streak being a statement about their depth is is semi-well taken. With the flip side argument being, would you rather have six fourth-round picks or one more game-changing player that you wouldn't play in the preseason? Now somebody might say, well, Isaiah Likely might be that game-changing player. Don't get me wrong. I like Isaiah Likely. Y'all need to keep it in your pants. You're setting the man up for failure because you're overreacting to what he's doing against non-NFL players. You're making it so if Isaiah Likely is merely a productive piece and nothing more, you're going to be disappointed because you are convincing yourself that he is a rock star because of what he's doing playing against XFL guys. And I hope, and I can't tell you that Isaiah Likely won't be a rock star, but I know one thing for certain. Nothing that occurred last night has anything to do with whether or not Isaiah Likely will be a rock star.
Nothing. We all see that he's a talented football player, but we saw that when he was in college. We do this constantly. We know better, and we still do this. We know none of this matters, and yet we get to the point where we're like, oh, we're so, we're just, we're like a 14-year-old boy seeing a boob for the first time. We're so pent up. We want football so badly that we, sh- we shoot our load. We can't help it. <gasps> Stop. I like Isaiah Likely. No pun intended. I think he could be a helpful piece. But trying to make this the greatest tight end duo in the history of football because of what you see him doing against USFL players is nonsense. Stop. Well, Glenn, what was wrong with being excited? I like excitement. Say it reasonably. You know what's exciting? It's exciting to think that Tyler Huntley can be a serviceable NFL backup quarterback because that's absurd. He's an undrafted free agent that could be a semi-serviceable backup quarterback. Not a particularly good one. A serviceable backup quarterback. But we can't say that because we live in the era of goat versus trash. And I always have to remind whenever we say that, I, I have stolen that from Chad Dukes. Everything either has to be goat or trash. Tyler Huntley is not an NFL quarterback. And no matter what he does playing against XFL players, it does not make him an NFL quarterback. But it's incredible that someone that was undrafted could be a somewhat serviceable backup. I mean, again, we saw there's an extraordinary limit to that. But maybe if you lost Lamar Jackson for one game, you could patch your way through surviving Tyler Huntley having to play depending on who the opponent was. And that's an incredible thing given where he was drafted. But yet, because again, we're all 14-year-old boys looking at our first boob, and I, I still am befuddled by why any... Unless you just hate baseball, I am befuddled by why you would have been watching football last night. Befuddled. Like, I... If you hate baseball, I get it. If it's just not... If you just only care about football and you don't care at all about baseball, I can understand that. I mean, I can't understand your thought process, but I can understand why you were watching... I can't understand why you'd hate baseball. That doesn't make any sense to me. But... That's who you are. Some people just like one sport. Some people only like baseball and don't like football at all. Some people only like archery. Some people, I don't know. But if you are a sports fan, I cannot fathom making that decision. But I know a bunch of you were because all I kept seeing was Tyler Huntley this and Tyler Huntley that on my timeline. And I saw stats. I couldn't tell you anything about how he played. I saw a couple of highlights. His motion is still quite wonky. Yes, he had wonderful statistics in a fake, nonsense football exhibition. And we go right back to, you know, this is why we were talking about the idea that maybe the Ravens could play hardball with Lamar Jackson. No! No, you're stupid. You're an imbecile. I don't have nice things to say about you. You're the dumbest human that's ever lived. No. 
No, 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 no. It's like asking, is there anything that matters about the Ravens winning 22 consecutive preseason games? No, 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 no. And there's no ambiguity about it. None. Zero. It's preseason nonsense. Now, if some team, if the Seattle Seahawks want to play the feud, by all means, go try to take a fourth-round pick for Tyler Huntley or something like that. Believe that you can make Anthony Brown your next Tyler Huntley. Do whatever you want to do. I don't believe that's the case because literally the Seattle Seahawks decided they would go into this season without a quarterback. They were like, we're going to do a wacky bit where we don't line one up. We don't have an NFL quarterback on our roster, but we're going to go try to play anyway. And they didn't call about Tyler Huntley because they saw the same thing we saw. It is preseason football. That is XFL. Why is it that we don't look back on anybody who played well in the XFL and say, I mean, that guy's proven he's a hell of an NFL player. Because we know. That's how you need to treat the preseason. Stop it. Settle down. Keep it in your pants. Jordan Stout looked great, apparently. I saw his nets. That's the one thing that maybe I could argue is somewhat semi-translatable because it's less to do with the opponent and more to do with just someone's skill set. Two punts inside the five. Great. Again, now he's going to face... I say that. It's less translatable. There will be better players coming after him trying to block a punt in a real football game. But for the most part, punting is the closest thing you could come up with to translatable. Punting and kicking are the closest things you can come up with with translatable from preseason football to regular football. Closest. Still not perfect, but closest. By all means. Sounds great. All in. Wonderful. I hope Jordan Stout's the greatest punter in the history of football. I need you all to calm yourselves. There was a real sporting contest that occurred yesterday. And it was tremendous. Everything about yesterday was wonderful. What a day. What an event. What a scene. What an all of it in Williamsport. And I've said a million times, I am so in favor of more of these. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be the Little League Classic. It can be anything. Give me, come up with more ideas. Have there be 16, sorry, 15 of these a year. So I forgot how many teams were in the league. There's 32 NFL teams. There's 30 Major League Baseball teams. Have there be 15 of these games during the course of a year? Every week, particularly in the summer when there's nothing else going on in sports. Play a Field of Dreams game. Play a game in London or a series in London. Play a Sandlot game. Play a Little League Classic. Play a game in Omaha during the College World Series. Like Didn't they do that once? Did they? I, I thought they did. At least not recently. I thought they? they tried it a few years back. I thought they. I could have sworn they played it. That would be a fantastic idea, though. Uh, MLB game Omaha. I could have sworn that was a thing, that I'm not just making that up. MLB game Omaha. Uh, yeah. They did that in 2019. They played a game between the Tigers and the Royals oh. uh, June 13th, right in the middle, oh, nice. or right around the College World Series. Do one of those every year. Do all sorts of things to try to embrace taking the sport in a sport where you have 162 games. Have every team involved with something, outreach, something that breaks up the monotony. I can't tell you that I'm going to watch it. I watched the first Field of Dreams game because it was the first time they did it. This year I looked at it, and then I flipped to something else. 
but I guarantee that the people that cared about those two teams were more inclined to watch that game despite the fact that those two teams were garbage. Do this. It's a the, the season is monotonous. It goes on forever. And if you miss one game, no big deal. There's another game the next day. But if you miss last night's game, there ain't going to be another one of those. Do these things. It's good for baseball. How could you not eat up all of that yesterday? All of the content throughout the day on social media was amazing. Players sliding down the hill, high-fiving the kids, letting the kids sign autographs for them. It was incredible. What wonderful content. I, I could watch that for a week. It's amazing content. The only bummer is that there's not a lot of atmosphere. Like, the cool thing is, oh, my God, those are all kids in the stands. That's really neat. And then you realize, like, they're not all really fans of either of these teams. In fact, probably quite few of them are fans of either of these teams. So there's not, a like, a real atmosphere there where there is for a big game. That's the only bummer about it is you don't get that because for the most part they're kind of rooting for everything oh somebody hit a home run but somebody else hit a home run yay yay use guys that's the most like you get a polite atmosphere at a game like this but who cares it's worth it for all the content perhaps maybe buster Olney's not the guy that should be interviewing all the children that was a little bit awkward maybe they need to find somebody else a little bit closer to these kids ages maybe personality that they can work with in that department. I'm told that like the kids version of the broadcast on ESPN2 was wonderful. I didn't the game was too important for me to mess around. This is like trying to I can't ever imagine. I care about football games too much to watch the Mannings. I want to watch the game. I, people tell me the Mannings are wonderful. I'll never watch it because I care about the football games. Now, I I guess if they were doing one tonight, I think there's a preseason game with the Jets, maybe the Jets and the Falcons something like that tonight. Um if they were doing it for that, and I didn't care. Maybe I'd look in. But when the games matter, I've got, I'm betting on them. I've got fantasy implications. I've got things like that. I want to watch the games. And that's why I felt last night. But I'm told the people that flipped over and watched the kids do the broadcast loved it. Thought it was adorable. And I'm sure it was. It was great having more, you know, inner, you know more uh, mic'd up players during the course of the game. Even, you know, crazy George W. Bush. It was, it was, I don't know, it worked. It worked. Even that was good content. Him putting the Orioles home run chain on, I don't, I don't care what your politics are, that's great content. It's tremendous. Um, I don't know, I loved, I loved every, every little bit of it. Every little bit of it. And I get it's unique with it being kids, you know what I mean? Like, I know that that makes it more kind of emotional. You're like, oh, you feel really good for the kids that get to have something like that. Do, do do like a game where it's all animals or something. Do do 15 of these during the course of the year. Play a game on an island somewhere where like the there's the view is just breathtaking. Where the island is basically only big enough to host the the ballpark and you got to ferry people over to it and like do stuff like this. Force people to watch, to at least look at it. To at least take in the content. Do it. It's good for the game. It's good for the sport. And other sports can't do it the same way. You, you can only... 
There's only so many ways to make a basketball arena look different. Really hard to make a basketball arena look any different. I mean, like, it, you'd have to really try in order to do it. I mean, I'd, I'd love for there to be an NBA game outdoors or something like that. I know they're bringing... My God, I think this year they're bringing the college basketball game on the ship back. Uh, that was good. Well, I mean, it was good when they they did the first one. The rest of them were a disaster because they couldn't under they couldn't fix the um, the moisture. Uh, they had the the weather so, became a huge problem. They did the first one, the Carolina Michigan State game, all those years ago, and it was breathtaking. It was unbelievable. It was one of the greatest visuals I've ever seen in the history of sports. And so they announced like four more of them, and I think one of them happened because it was disastrous. The, there was wind. There was uh, the the, like the the surface was, was far too wet because gotcha, of all the moisture gotcha. in the air. Like they were slipping and sliding and all those things. Like they they couldn't pull them off. And I hope that they fixed all those things so that I, I don't remember who it is that's playing in the one this year, but I remember them announcing they were going to do it again. And I was like, that's awesome. Do that stuff because college basketball season also can be monotonous. Do more of this. This was wonderful. And yeah, the Orioles won, which made it all the better. And Jorge Mateo got to play the role of hero in a big spot. And Jorge Mateo is a golden god. Um, Jorge Mateo is just the most wonderful thing that could have happened to baseball in our community this season. God bless it. It was wonderful. Does it solve all of the Orioles' problems? No. Am I still kind of... Am I more concerned than not about their playoff hopes? Yeah, I still am. I, I still don't like their chances. But that doesn't mean that they can't do it. And they win series. If you separated the Cubs, if they had only won that Cubs game last week, that really is the one that sticks in your craw. Because you could really do the math and say, you took five out of seven games, including two out of three from two teams that you're competing with. That would have been a, a hell of a week. Instead, you played barely above 500 for the week at four and three, and you made up a game on the Blue Jays, and you separated yourself by more than a game, but 500 or so baseball is not going to be enough to get you there. You're going to have to do better work than that. You're going to have to um, find some ground in order to separate yourself in some sort of way. The Orioles are off today before they open up a series of the White Sox tomorrow. Um, they're still sitting two and a half games out of a playoff spot. They are now tied with the Twins, albeit the uh, Twins have played two fewer games. They are a game back in the loss column of the Twins for the fourth position in the wild card race uh, as the Orioles are off tonight. But hell of a weekend. Kyle Stowers is up. There's Now the focus shifts to Gunnar Henderson. Um, Rita's going to join us in a couple minutes. We actually have a bit of an announcement to make, but Rita and I were talking about this yesterday. I am still, I, I'm, I am struggling more with the Gunnar Henderson thing. I think he's going to end up here. And I'm I'm more of the belief that he's going to end up here to essentially play every day. But I'm not certain. Not that it's the wrong idea. It's the wrong way for me to say it. I'm. It's almost like having the Isaiah Likely conversation. I'm worried that we're setting ourselves up. I'm worried that we believe Gunnar Henderson can come be some sort of offensive savior for this club. And it's an absurd expectation for us to have. How lost did Kyle Stowers look at the plate last night? I mean, no offense. Like, he took some wild swings. 
And that's okay. It takes time to adjust. You're a major leaguer now, facing major league pitching. Gunnar Henderson is 21 years old. The point, I don't even remember who made the point last week. Who was it that we had on that was talking about the difference? Adley Rutschman is three years older, and it still took Adley Rutschman three or four weeks to figure it out at the major league level. Now, once he did, holy crap. We can only pray that Gunnar Henderson needs three to four weeks to become that. I think we're setting ourselves up. I think the Orioles are going to do it. I think I also am reading into all the different positions they ha- they're having him play. I definitely think he's coming. I My gut tells me if he's coming, he's coming to play regularly, to play five out of every seven games. I think the fan base believes this is your trade deadline acquisition. This is the guy that gets you over the hump with the offense being the thing that we've been a bit more concerned about of late. And that's the part that I... I don't think that this dooms Gunnar Henderson. I've said this a million times. I think if a guy comes up and struggles, and that's what gets in their head, and that's why they can't ever figure it out, then they were never going to figure it out anyway. If you're that fragile, that struggles are what wrecks you, then you are always going to struggle at some point. So I don't overreact to that. To me, this is more about the expectation that a fan base has, and if we just get Gunnar Henderson here, the offense will be fine. I'm not telling you not to do it, because I always thought he needed to get to the major league level at some point this season. I think that's unreasonable. I think it's unreasonable to think that Gunnar Henderson can be the difference in saving this offense when he's a 21-year-old who's never played at the major league level. I think that's pipe dream which again nothing is impossible but i just don't think it's reasonable all right uh it is a monday edition of glenn clark radio today's show brought to you by our friends at swagger where we are gonna be ramping up as we get closer to football season i'll be playing a lot more tickets i didn't even check on how stan's ticket did on friday i'll do that i don't think it hits well well you have something in common then yeah yeah Look at you. You have something in common with Stan. Um, I'll check on that during the course of the morning, but we love Swagger. The deal with Swagger, you're playing player props, parlays. You're feeling like you're betting despite the fact that you can't bet on your phone or your computer yet in the state of Maryland. And what makes it great is that you don't have to hit everything. When you play these, you're trying to build up points. So if you go five for seven, five for eight, you could be a winner anyway. You might not win the biggest grand prize, but you can still win money, even if you don't finish perfect 8 for 8. It's an awesome game, and we're giving you free money. Go to playwithswagger.com slash pressbox right now. You get $10 free for signing up. And then they match your first deposit of up to $100. So you could get up to $110 free money for you to play with. You might never use your own money when you play with Swagger. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. We come back in. Uh, Reed and I have an announcement to make. We're going to do that next. Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, Birdland, arrive early at the yard on Saturday, September 3rd, when the first 15,000 fans 15 and over will receive the first ever Orioles soccer jersey presented by Pepsi. Don't miss out on this brand new crossover kit before the Orioles clash with the Oakland A's at 7.05 at the ballpark that forever changed baseball. What better way to celebrate Labor Day weekend than with your favorite home team on a Saturday night? Great seating options are available, and tickets start as low as $15 at orioles.com tickets. That first sip. 
That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at press box sports Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. And we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover of demos, ravens, and terps at pressboxonline.com. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me, right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Monday edition of the program. Again, you guys got to be willing to listen. I'm not telling you that I'm not excited about Isaiah Likely. I'm very excited about Isaiah Likely. I'm telling you don't pretend like what he does playing against XFL players means he's got to be a superstar. Because then if he has a reasonable season, the type of season you'd expect from a fourth-round pick trying to get in the league, you're going to say that's disappointing. You're setting him up for failure. Be reasonable. I'm excited about Isaiah Likely. He looks like a football player. Thinking that he's going to be the star of stars because he had a big football game when the, the guys that he was going up against weren't football players or may or may not have actually been trying you're setting him up for failure. I just want you to be reasonable. That's it. Now, we got an announcement to make. Joining us, 
now not only the godmother of one Lamar Jackson, but now also I have decreed she may needs to be the godmother of Adley Rutschman because I was not okay. I was nervous watching him go down that hill yesterday. I just needed somebody to say, Adley, we love you. Take care of those kids, but don't slide down a hill. You're the most important baseball player that's come around in a decade. She is my friend, my co-host, my partner, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. What's going on, friends? Good morning. You taking on this role? You taking this role on where you're going to be Adley's godmother as well? Uh, I will be. I will be honored to be the godmother of Adley Rushman. If you ever have an opportunity to have him on the show, please let him know that he has a very a new fairy godmother. I will. I will let him know. City of Baltimore. I, I, we're not going to accept any, uh, and, and the good news for him is he hasn't really dealt with any slander. Unlike, unlike your other gods. I haven't seen any. Yeah. I haven't seen anything. I've really seen no Adley Rutschman slander. What would you possibly slander? My God. I mean, the man is amazing. I don't know. I have no idea like what I don't like about Adley Rutschman at this moment. <laughs> he's, un- <laughs> he's, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. All right, so we're going to talk about a few things. But Rita and I, um, we've been having a lot of fun hanging out with you guys on Sundays on 105.7 yeah. The Fan. And uh, Rita, let's let's go back, right? Like we both said, the reason why we were doing this is because we wanted to. We like doing shows with each other. Um, like if if they had called me and said, "Hey, do you want to come over here and do a show by yourself?" I would have said, "Sorry, <laughs> like no, not love you, appreciate the ask, but no, no, thank you. That doesn't that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't interest me at all." Um, but we also knew that like this, w- what we were agreeing to was for the summer essentially. And that it, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. When we talked about this, we essentially said, "Hey, we'll try it out, and we're not really committing to anything." We get to August and we're not feeling it. We just say, hey, thanks, but we had our fun, right? That was kind of the way that Correct. we felt about it. Correct. So we're here. This is August. And a decision needed to be made because I don't know if you guys know, but our time slot, one to four on Sundays, that's when they play football games. <laughs> so we weren't going to be doing a one to four show on Sundays. Uh, for that mm-hmm. much longer so an opportunity was presented to us and we discussed it and Rita can I can I pull the curtain back and say that we at first said no is that all right can we say we we declined this opportunity when it was first presented to us I mean I was going to tell y'all I declined it because as y'all know at press box we do post-game shows and I was not there every week and so um I think that there was a commitment factor from me, not from Glenn. Let me be clear. This is me. I'm on my fifth life, everybody. (laughs) So I'm enjoying my fifth life right now. And um, I'm having commitment issues. Not with my boyfriend. Right, yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) So I was interested, but I could not commit to the time frame in which they did because at PressBox I was able to do – um, you know, what I, I could do, which was half the year, right? So, yeah, originally it wasn't going to work because Rita was not going to budge about her schedule. I just wasn't going to do it. So, so let's, let, again, I'll pull the curtain back slightly. We were offered that, um, as we've been doing post game for a long time, the question was posed to us, would you guys want to come over here and do post game on 105.7? And, and I appreciate the offer, but as you know, as Rita just explained, Rita 
likes going to games. <laughs> like, yeah. She likes having a life. And one of the things about doing post game for press box over the years is that we were so happy to have Rita that we were like, dude, g- give us however many games you can give us. And whatever you can't do, our friend Ken Zalis would be willing to do with us. Or sometimes Drew filled in and helped us out. And um, Eric Arditi's done a couple. We just had a, a, a rotating cast of characters, mostly Rita and, and Ken, though. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it just so happens to be that Ken is su- pretending like he's retired now, which we all know is nonsense, but we're playing along with it for a little while, right? Like, <laughs> we're, we're willing to play along with it and 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 also pretend like Ken is retired. So we were going to be in a, a bit of a bind this year for filling things out, and so this opportunity was a little bit unique and interesting. But when Rita said right. when Rita said she was out, um, for those, so that you guys know, Rita's my partner. Like, whatever we're doing, we're doing it together. Um, right. There's not going to be a, well, I'm, I'm, I'll just do it anyway without that. That ain't happening. Like it ain't going to, I'm too far into this thing at this point. Right. Like this is, this is the way it goes. And I know you guys like that show way more than you like this show. I completely understand. I like that show more than I like this show. Um, <laughs> no, 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 Glenn, don't do that because you, this show is awesome. Like you've had, You've had um, Austin. Hey, I mean, you've had all types of. Well, and, great and we we continue to work very hard. And I am proud of this show. I want to make that abundantly clear. But I I think people understand the relationship that you and I have, the friendship, and the chemistry that we have on air together. It's it's something that does not happen. You there are shows that have been trying it for years in right. in this market in other markets, and they have not figured it out. Rita and I yeah. have. And I get it. We've been working together for years too, but it always felt like we just had a chemistry on air together that it was very difficult for a lot of people to be able to create. Um, and so I love doing that show. Yeah. And, and so I said, "Sorry, if Rita's out, I'm out. That's the way it's going to go. It, 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 we just can't. I'm, I'm, I'm with Rita. That's the way it's going to go. Wherever we are, you know, we're going to be together. And." Right. Um, the fine folks at 1057 and I let me say something too cuz I know it's you know it's been a tough time Odyssey's been in the news a little bit recently and and Reed and I both want to make it very, we love Jerry Coleman you're going to we're both going to you know Jerry'll come over here and do a show with me pretty soon too I love Jerry um yeah same Reed and I have had a good relationship with the folks over there um is yeah. that we we agree right like we've they've been Absolutely. they've been oh. good they've been good to us they've been fair they've worked yep. with us they've been flexible um, I'm asking them to be flexible again this week. <laughs> like there's been a lot of flexibility. So they came back and they said, okay, well, what if we presented this? Rita does as many games as she can. Glenn, you do all of the games. And I said, all right, as long as I get to have Rita, <laughs> like as long as it works <laughs> that way, I'm good. And, and you said that you're okay with that too, right? It's, Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So this year, um, for the first time, we will still be doing a post-game show. It's just that we're going to be doing it in a different location. And yeah. starting this year, you will be hearing Rita and I post-game after every Ravens game on 105.7 The Fan. And we'll be yeah. doing a... We'll be doing a two-hour... Now, Rita won't be there for all of them, as we just acknowledged. <laughs> like, yeah, because this is going to be a 
this is going to be a Glenn and Friends post game. And the reason why is because I told y'all I'm on my fifth life. So <laughs> I am still going to indulge in my Sundays any chance that I can. So the end friends will be when I'm not there. Someone else will be there. Correct. We'll, we will figure there will be, you know, we will make it. We'll have a great show for you no matter what. But the important part Absolutely. for me was that the, the bulk of them, more than 50% of them will be Rita. And that's what I needed in order to be okay with this. So yeah. I'm I'm excited. It's going to be a longer show. You know, over here sometimes, after certain games, Reed and I would look up and be like, holy crap, we've been here for an hour. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Well, we're going to have to get used to that because this is a two-hour post-game show that we're going to be doing uh, for 105.7 The Fan. But it'll be a little bit, there'll be some more structure. But they also know what they're getting. They asked us to do this. They know what they're getting. <laughs> like, right. we're doing our show. That's the way it's going to be. The way we do it. Ex- the, the way we do it. Exactly. So um, I'm excited about it. And I, so for those of you that say, hey, what about halftime? What about all those things? I'm going to still be doing um, uh, video content for Pressbox on game day. So I might be doing like a pregame thing, halftime thing, maybe a quick hit at the end of a quarter the way that we used to do it years ago. So there, I'll still be doing some content for Pressbox on game day. And Rita's still going to be involved with Pressbox as well. And I think, I'm hoping that at some point this week we can make that announcement too um, for, for some more that we're going to be doing. And, and maybe bringing back another show that we did last year. Which, frankly, we've basically already. In. I think. I think you know. I think you know. If you know what other show we did last year, you know it's coming back this year. We're just not ready to make. We don't have all the details yet, so we'll make that formal here in a couple of days. Um, yeah, absolutely. But look, I'm excited. I I pre. I know there's a, a larger audience. I know there's. Um, you know, there's people that are still just inclined to turn the radio on after a game and, and want to call. Yeah. You know, one thing we were never able to do, and it's Rita's favorite part of doing a show, we were never able to take calls. So I know that's what Rita's most – you said that, right? That's what you're most looking forward to doing about the new postgame I, show, right? I am looking forward to call Glenn. <laughs> All right, so for those that don't know – Rita, and there are, a lot of people are like this in radio now where they just genuinely don't like calls. Like, they just genuinely don't like it. And I'm the type that says, no, we should find ways. we got to control it a little bit better, but we should find ways to take calls, get people involved, you know, create relationships, things like that. And every time I put on the schedule for the show that we do, hey, let's take calls in this segment, inevitably the first one we get is terrible. Like, <laughs> just awful and it happened again yesterday <laughs> oh my god that was hilarious and then and then kayla was like oh my god y'all just laughing at i'm sorry but it was an uncomfortable we, laugh because we were unclear about what exactly was being said we, uh, it wasn't like we were laughing at the actual like but we were just it was just like okay well what else do we do we just have to laugh at all we were doing <laughs> a segment legit. about the steve young stuff and and I was trying to take it into the conversation of like, can the Ravens win a Super Bowl with a Greg Roman style offense? And some guy called in and said, Well, here's the thing. They 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 run too much. They're gonna run. They're gonna pass. They pass too much. <laughs> like it was just all over the place. All over the like, place. I'm we like, had no idea what was going I'm on. Like, what the hell is happening? And Rita, of course, is mouthing to me, This is why I don't like calls. <laughs> like, this is why I don't want to do this. 
but we will be taking your calls on the post-game show on 105.7 The Fan. We will be doing that. Um, and yeah. we'll be interacting with you guys, and uh, I'm fired up about it. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. This is a different thing. Um, I didn't think I was going to go back to radio uh, at any point, but um, we've had so much fun doing this that I'm excited about it. I really am. I'm, I'm excited about doing more over there and um, the, you know, kind of the, the, the audience that we built up over there and the people that we've connected with. And we got people to call in regularly now, right? Like it feel, it, this, it's feeling like a real show over there. It does. It does. It, it does feel like a real show. It does. Look, it, it, it's like, oh, well, we, we just not clowning around no more. Oh, okay. You know, we're taking calls like grownups. Wow. Right. This is crazy. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I, I've enjoyed it a great deal. I really have enjoyed it. So uh, that's yeah. the deal. Starting week one. Starting week one, you will be hearing Rita and Starting I week one. post game, every game. Uh, well, Rita, most games. Me, every game. <laughs> Uh, post game uh, on 105.7. Yeah, I won't be, so I will not be there week one, but I will be there. Uh, sorry. You're good. Yeah, you're sorry. Good. I mean, you're good. you know, I, know. I can call in if you want. And you will, you by know, the way. I, you know what, by the way, that is going to be part of it. Um, any week that Rita isn't there, she's definitely going to be calling in. So Rita will be, uh, yes. you know what, I'm glad you said that because it does, it will be Rita and I every week. It's just that Rita won't always be there to do the whole show. That's very true. Right. Yeah. So I will do a segment, but I just won't be in the studio yep. so yep. that's yeah so i will be um at the game uh week one so i'll just give you guys an update on how it went like what fans were like yep. what was yep you know how rude the jets fans were because we know that's fitting to happen <laughs> never had well, I, I imagine being a jets fan not- but imagine being a jets fan and talking trash <laughs> like you are a jets fan i mean it's like the listen i went to the what was the game of 2010, the opener? Oh, yeah, the Monday night game. Um, I was there. I was there. Yeah. I was there, and they were rude as hell, and, um, yeah, they were rude. Yep. So, I, you know, listen, I expect the same. Oh, and then who, I went who to the was, one. Who and, was uh, their tight end that got murdered that night? Do you remember who the, what that kid's name was? You remember oh, the, yeah. Was it Keller? Was it for, for, yeah, uh, Dustin Keller. Dustin right? Keller, right? You Do you remember? Like he, I don't even remember who hit him. It might have been Ray. Yeah. Was it, it Ray? It might have been Ray. I just remember, like, literally thinking, oh, my God, that man just died on that football field. Like, it yeah, was the yeah. the hardest hit I've ever seen in my life. Yes, it was Dustin Keller. It was, and it was. His first name. I'm not even sure why, but, yeah. It was, it was, it was, a, it was Ray Lewis. I just pulled up the video. I'm watching it again. It was, right? I was almost certain it was Ray Lewis. Oh, yeah. my God. God, it's even more violent. I had forgotten how bad this game was. It was a 10-9 game with 50 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And dude throws it right in the middle of the field, and Ray Lewis decapitates Dustin Keller. (laughs) I mean, this would have been – today, Ray Lewis would probably be suspended for three weeks for this. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, that's hilarious. All right, so there's that. Um, You you tell me – are, do you try to allow yourself to get like like how much of that did you watch last night? How much of the football did you watch? I watched pretty much majority of it. Okay. Um, I, I was at a, for the first half. I was at a bar, so um, I watched that as well as the Orioles game simultaneously back and forth. And then I left at halftime, came home, so um, I watched a good part of the second half. I did. I watched more of the football. Because you know I do a podcast yep. um, with Cordell, uh, Winning Drive. So I, I do have to kind of pay attention a little bit. <laughs> What's going on? Yep. So I had to watch that. 
Um, and then I, I sprinkled it in with baseball um, in between because I, I don't, as of right now, I'm, I'm not uh, rich enough to have two TVs. So I can keep going back and forth. So you, of <laughs> course, like everybody else, you're ready to proclaim that Tyler Huntley should be the new Ravens starting quarterback and they should go ahead and trade Lamar no. Jackson. And, and that's that's the better plan of, of business moving forward for the Ravens, right? It's... That's a stupid plan. <laughs> That's a stupid plan. Very stupid. Oh, um, so it's bad. very funny because the, the 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 quarterback position is the most coveted position, and so you're you want the Ravens to discount Lamar, but then like oh because of cap. First of all, the cap is not real. I know y'all like to think that it is. It really doesn't exist. It exists when teams want it to exist. The Rams are a prime example of that. If the team doesn't want it to exist and they want to make a run for something, they're going to find ways to get around quote unquote cap. Okay. Also, you know, so if you think that you're going to win Super Bowls that way, you're sadly mistaken. You have to pay your most valuable player. And if your most valuable player is the quarterback, then that's what you have to do. Uh, thirdly, uh, Tyler Huntley is not better than Lamar Jackson, okay? And everybody wants to tell me, well, the team was hurt when he played because I love to bring up the fact that, you know, he he, he was one in five yeah. as a starter. And, but guess what? Lamar had, had eight wins with that same roster. So I'm trying to – I'm confused as to why you think – so, so you can make that excuse well, for Huntley, but I can't make that excuse for Lamar. I'm very confused. This is that. the like to think that Tyler Huntley is in Lamar Jackson's realm is is I mean Tyler uh, Huntley couldn't uh, score a touchdown for nine I, quarters. I, and, okay? and, and I mean this with a try truly trying not to be disrespectful, right? Like, and and and, and I hope, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm being honest. Right, this is the truth. We're not being. This is not disrespect, Glenn. If but, it's true, but it'd be okay? like saying it'd be like saying that Brian McKnight is as good as Stevie Wonder. Like, I like Brian McKnight. He's a solid guy. He made some good. Good tunes. Dude can sing a little bit. Stop. Stop. You're embarrassing <laughs> yourself. Um, yes, you are. Tyler Huntley is a serviceable backup quarterback in the NFL, and that's incredible considering he was an undrafted. Like it's we we are we lose all context, and we think that like, if I say Tyler Huntley's a backup quarterback, that I'm degrading him. No, that's amazing. It is a am- yep. how many undrafted quarterbacks ever get to have NFL careers? Ever. Yep. Tyler Huntley's going to get to have an NFL career. We like to think that that means something, and there's so many different aspects to it. It's the aspects of the people that hate Lamar Jackson. There's the aspect of people that think they can rewrite how money works in the NFL. And then there's the aspect of people that forget what preseason football is and think that what they're watching is real and matters and yep. is, is an actual thing that's occurring. There's so many things that come into the middle that people just say stupid, stupid things. Tyler Huntley is a serviceable backup quarterback in the NFL, and that is an amazing thing. My, th- the, yes, that puts you in the the upper of the upper echelon of anyone in the history of the sport. But he's not. A, every team in the NFL had a chance to code, try to get Tyler Huntley this offseason. The, Se- the yeah. Seattle Seahawks don't have a quarterback. Oh, you trying to say that um, Tyler, um, that um, Locke is not a real one? Yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to say, Rita. You've <laughs> literally word for word exactly what I'm saying. And that again, that's not a knock on Tyler Huntley. That's not. It's an incredible story. But get the story. It's like what I was saying about Isaiah Likely before you came on. I like Isaiah Likely. I think he's a player. 
But we're gonna we're setting ourselves up for failure when we overreact to him having a massive first half against XFL players last night and pretend like he's gonna be a superstar week one of his rookie season because now if he's a good football player, then mm-hmm. then we're then we think he's a bust. Because we believe yep. he's supposed to be a guy that's got 100 yards in every game because he did something in a preseason football game. We have to be realistic about this. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. <sighs> what else is going on? All right. I, I've already kept you for 22 minutes to do an announcement. I just realized I that. mean, you, you, I just you just know that. how I feel about You know how I feel about it. People just – and I've, I've come to the conclusion that people say this do not like Lamar Jackson for whatever reason. Um, and this is just their way of um, ca- uh, masking it into saying something about, you know, yeah, they- Tyler Huntley, you know, potentially being better. And then I, I saw somebody with a blue check say, do you want to go back to what I said? No, I don't, because you sound stupid. No. You sounded stupid then, and you sound stupid now. And again, so why would we I, go back and revisit that? I know some, like st- some people, and it's tough, It's it, it gets tougher and tougher to separate the, the, the carnival barkers from the people that really believe that they're intelligent, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I okay. know that some people just do this for the sake of engagement. They just say asinine yep. things for the sake of engagement. And I try my Mm-hmm. damnedest to avoid it. I try my damnedest to say, I'm pretty sure that's just someone who's carnival barking for the sake of engagement. But my God, man, it's just so bloody stupid. All right, friend. Yeah, it is stupid. Um, plug, the, plug your podcast, plug Gridiron Gals, plug the whole thing. So, you know, um, outside of me and Glenn's great, awesome show, which, yes, uh, yes this is self-proclaimed. We should, cha- we should make that, care. we should make the name, new name of the post-game show the Great Awesome Post-Game Show. The great, awesome. I'm gonna run that by Chuck. See what he says. See, <laughs> see if we can sell it to somebody, right? Like, see if maybe great clips wants to buy awesome it. Great, awesome Ravens posting. Right, the, Glenn Clark and friends. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I do too. Write it down. I like it. Uh, so outside of Glenn and I's uh, show, which will be ending very shortly because football season is right around the corner. Uh, I have the Winning Drive podcast with Cordell Woodland at 105.7 <clears throat> through Odyssey. I also have the Gridiron Gals podcast where I get to use more, I use cuss words <laughs> over there, but that's how I really feel it. And I gave Deshaun Watson and um, Roger Goodell uh, a, a nice piece of my mind I'll blame you. on this last podcast. And I use cuss words because it, it was necessary. I, so please check that out. Also, um, if you're in the D.C. area, um, we are doing a kickoff party on September the 8th at Parlay DC. We're bringing that back um, because people have been asking for it. I guess, you know, we outside now is what they say. So people tired of being in the house for football. So we'll oblige. And we're having a, a kickoff party um, on, at Parlay DC. So if you're in the area, um, come watch the Rams and the Bills with us. We'll be there. It should be a really good time. So, yeah, I'm excited about our post game. What is this? The great awesome post game. The show? great awesome post game show. I am so excited. I'm okay. fired up for it. I'm fired up for it. I'm excited. I'm excited. Anytime I can, I can work with Glenn is a win for me because Glenn you know, would drive me. You know how I feel. This <laughs> I'm been, the co-pilot of this. This thing. has been the best thing. <laughs> this has been the best thing I could ever ask for uh, in my career. This has been uh, wonderful and. And I get to keep your parents now because they showed up to my party. They get to they get to be mine. My father in law my father in law was at my house this morning. He was like, Now I had such a great time hanging out with your friends' parents on Saturday. They were a hit. They were a hit. 
at uh, my party on yeah. Saturday. Uh, at the NFL That's Chick on great. Twitter. I, I love you, friend. Uh, we will talk, and I'm, I'm fired up. We'll be doing a uh, post-game all season long on 105.7 The Fan. I'm, I'm stoked for it. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm excited. That's Rita, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. Um, that's the announcement. Yep, that's what we're doing. We will be doing two hours after every game on 105.7 The Fan, and Rita won't be in studio for all of them. Uh, I will be with you all season long, and Rita will be joining me for more than half of them, and then the ones that she's not there for, she'll be checking in with us, and uh, she'll be doing segments with us, and she will be part of it all season long. So I am um, I'm happy about that. Uh, I had Paul, when we made the first announcement about doing the radio show, I had Paul do a fake press conference. So, Griffin, I need you to think about what questions people might have about us making our announcement because right now you're going to do the post-announcement press conference where you you play the role of um, the sports media in town. Okay. So go ahead. Start firing questions away. Okay. Uh, got it. Um, how much are they paying you? Okay. Uh, we're gonna keep that. Between, we're gonna keep that in house. Uh, we're gonna keep, they'll, they'll ask that, right? I understand, but that's something that we would. Say, I would understand that okay. question when some. I just say, you know, it's that's something that we're gonna keep in house. But um, you know, they they they're they're taking care of us, and we appreciate that. <laughs> All right, good, good. Um, let's see. Uh, what, what do you expect to get out of this? Like, what what are you most looking forward to uh, hearing? Uh, I guess since you're it, taking calls is gonna be a big part they, of it. So, I, I, you know, what's funny about that to me? I'd let people assume that I came over to do this because I, I didn't want to take calls anymore. This is a movement that's happened in radio. It's funny. My uh, my old program director from one, uh, one, uh, or 1060 yeah. KDUS in Phoenix, she came uh, this weekend. She flew in for the pig roast. And we were having this conversation. My buddy Caleb, who does who produces the show with Reed, uh, with Reed and I every Sunday, Caleb Rada came out and hung out as well. And, and they were having a conversation. They were both going on about... Well, I don't really love calls. I am in a weird place with that topic. I would actually prefer to take calls on this show. I think you guys know there are people that I have said, you can have the phone number, and if you want to call in, you can call in. Now, i got to be careful about that because we only have one line here. And so if I give too many people the phone number, then we're going to end up with problems because Griffin can't put them on hold on another line. They'd be calling in as a guest is on. It's it's just a tricky spot. I would prefer. I never wanted to do a show without calls. To me, the problem with radio is not that they take calls. It's that they don't manage them. It's that you do a segment where you just say, call in and talk about anything you want. And that's bad content. Driving a show... And saying, hey, here's what we're going to talk about. We've had a regular caller on our Sunday show named Chris in Bel Air. I like Chris. Great guy. Calls in every week. And he called, yesterday we started the show talking about the Steve Young stuff because everybody was fired up about it. And, you know, it, it, was, it was a hot topic. And he wanted to talk about the lineup that Brandon Hyde had put out on Saturday. And I just said I to Caleb, I'm like, hey, I like Chris. Tell him to call back at 2 o'clock. And we're going to talk to him about it then. Because I, I just think that you need to manage a show and say, hey, we're doing a show. If you've got a thought, if you can add something to the conversation that we're having, I want to have you be involved with it. And we get lots of great calls. I I I the I am not You don't want callers to derail. Derailing, but yeah. I'm gonna I'm trying to say something that is, is I do think I know more about sports than most people. Most people in town. But I'm not dumb enough to think that I'm a doctor, right? I'm not so scary smart that other people's opinions are immediately irrelevant. 
I would never tell a doctor how to do his job because he knows better than me. But just talking about a dumb sports topic, t- today already I've had people, you know, rant about what I was saying about Isaiah Likely and Tyler Huntley early on. Again, I like both those guys. I have no problem listening to someone else's opinion. I think it's good for... I think one of the problems we created in this country is we no longer are capable of discourse. And I get it that some topics, there is no room. It's black and white. But on others, there's room for gray area, especially in sports. Sports should be nothing but gray area. None of this matters. So I am absolutely... If you have an intelligent opinion, I am not... I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say here. I do not think so highly of myself. You like hearing from people. Like, I, I think people believe that because I perform, because right. sometimes I, I yell, and I, that I think that I'm the smartest guy. No, I'm performing. There's a microphone in front of me. I don't actually care this much about these things. When, when I leave here, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to pick up, and I'm going to throw my kids around, because that's what I care about. And you're going to be like, Isaiah Likely's not going to be that. Yeah, I, it's not going to come up in conversation in my real life. I do a job here. And it doesn't mean that these aren't my opinions. I want to make that very clear. I don't fake opinions. I fake... Um, I f- fake is the wrong word. I perform. The opinions are real. I really don't think preseason football is relevant at all. But I don't care. I'm not going to yell at someone in real life about preseason football. I'm, I'm, I'm animating and emoting because there's a microphone in front of me and because I'm trying to entertain I have no issue, and I like the idea of conversing. Now, I do know that after a game is when you get the most emotional, and I have no doubt that I'm going to get as pissed off as Rita will about everybody just calling in and trying to fire Greg Roman every time the Ravens lose a game or you know, talking S about Lamar Jackson. Ken and I would fight. Ken Zalis tries to fire John Harbaugh. And whatever your opinion of John Harbaugh is, he's one of the most success... He is a Hall of Fame football coach. By the standards that have been set, Tony Dungy got in. Dick Vermeil won one Super Bowl. Like, he's a Hall of Fame NFL coach. Which doesn't mean he gets everything right. And I think it's completely fair to criticize decisions that are made. I still can't believe that gag that he tried to pull a few years ago where he lined up Justin Tucker wrong-footed to run a fake field goal. It's insanity. Criticize him when he's worthy of criticism. But the, oh, you gotta, these guys got to go. You got to fire the... Co-. Stop. You're, it's nonsense. And I guarantee we're going to get those calls. We'll move on from them. I, the guy that called in yesterday, that was all I laughed and I just moved on to the next one. That's what we'll do. I like taking calls. I think that you establish that there's a community. That's the thing that I like most. It's the thing that I still think radio, this is the one thing about the death of radio that's hurt me the most, is radio was the one medium more than anything that could create a community because it could be involvement. I know that there are popular podcasts. Of course, the, the bar, uh, pardon my take, it's a very popular podcast. I, I think those guys are funny. I don't listen to that show. I've never, I've never done it. And it might be wonderful. I don't know. I get that people use their catchphrases or whatever. And they, they, in their real life, they do things that are related to the content they hear on that show. 
but they don't take call. That's not a live show. You can't be involved with pardon my take, but you can be involved with radio. Radio is the one medium that provides that. And radio needs to learn from podcasts, and radio needs to act more like podcasts and try to create more of that community feel. And that's what I've liked doing with the Sunday show that we've been doing with Rita, is trying to develop more of a community of people that are with us, that have fun with us, that like Rita's catchphrases, that call in, that understand, I'm not here to bully you. I don't think I'm that much smarter than you. I want to listen to what you have to say if you have something intelligent to say. And let's all talk through it. You know my deal. I want to be pragmatic. I want to be, you know, responsible in the way that we talk about sports. I'm not just going to say things for the sake of saying it. And if you can fit in with that, I think we can do something that's cool and different and unique. And that hasn't existed, unfortunately, for a long time. And that's the one thing I missed when the last radio station died. I mean, I truly, I really missed walking in, sitting down, and taking an abundance of calls. Remember we did an old bit on that radio station where like I made you say the name of your high school when you called in because it was the thing that united all of us in this area. When you ask somebody what school they're from, you're asking them what high school they went to. Everywhere else in the country, if you ask that question, they think you were asking what college you went to. So I love that bit. And I would make the Ryan Shell when he was screening calls for me, had to tell everybody, hey, when you come on, you're supposed to say the name of your high school. And after a couple of weeks, everybody just started doing it. It became part of the furniture. When you called in, say the name of your high school. I'm calling in. Uh, I, I'm, I'm Jerry from, from Towson High. I'm, I'm Dave from Bel Air High. And then we might find common ground somewhere. I might, it's Smaltimore, right? Like, we all know somebody who knows somebody. Or I played against you in a sport or something like that. That was the idea of creating the community. Radio can do that. Even this. And I love what we do here. And I love those of you that come out of your way to find this show and have done it for eight friggin' years, which is nuts. Even this, we're limited in that capacity. And so that's the unique thing. And so I do, I, I can't lie. I like taking calls. I, I enjoy it. It's fun for me. I dig it. So I am, we got to manage it right. Like it, it can't just be inmates run the asylum. And I don't mean that disparagingly. I mean like it can't just be I don't feel like talking for a little while so you talk. I, I'm not going to interview Bob in Parkville. And I love Bob. He's a curmudgeon but I, I love him. But I'm not going to do that anymore. Those days are over. But I like involving people. I like there being a community feel to radio. That's what stands out. That's what makes radio so unique. Okay, that was kind of gonna be like what my next question was wanted to be because I was gonna say after you know after week eighteen when we mute the mics and you, you head out, what do you want uh, Baltimore fans to take away? Uh, okay, I don't care about that. I want well, to come back. I want, I want to come back and listen to this show. <laughs> like that's what I want them to do. Okay. Or if Reed and I go back to doing Sundays after that point, I want to listen to that. If, right? if, they do, like, if they do make the playoffs, you keep going, right? I presume. Yeah. I, we okay. haven't even even had that conversation. <laughs> I, I believe so. So hopefully after February. Yeah. Whatever, I mean, I hope. I hope uh, that's the case. And again, it was really important to me to do that we could do this in concert with Pressbox, and there has been a great working relationship between press box and 1057 you probably hear me talking about press box during the sunday show um this is still my home this is where i'm gonna be um and and i don't want everybody to, to get that i i'm not gunning for somebody's job people talk about that all the time oh you're trying to take somebody no i didn't want to go back to radio this was literally i wanted to do it because it was an opportunity for me to hang out with rita I, you gotta understand this i adore rita as a talent, as a person, as a friend, all of those things. I 
have have had a few of these. Drew and I bust each other's balls, but I genuinely love Drew. Drew and I had this sort of older brother, younger brother thing that worked when we worked together. I, I, I don't think Drew and I could do a show anymore because, you know, he's just way more into golf and other things. Like, he's just... I don't know. Maybe we could. Maybe if we sat down, because he still comes in every now and then, or he used to come in every now and then, we would have fun, and the chemistry would kind of be there again. I don't know. I don't know what that would be like. But I hadn't had that in a long Kyle and I developed more of that. You know, I wouldn't be fair to that. It was great to see Kyle on Saturday, too. Kyle and I developed a really good chemistry over the years. And it, it kind of became the same thing, older brother, younger brother deal. And I liked that. But there's something about what Rita and I have found, the chemistry that we've had, that I, I can't put into words. And it means a great deal to me. I like that. I think that makes for good content. So this was all about Rita. I don't want to replace um, Jeremy Kahn. I couldn't. He's more talented than I am in certain aspects. He's funnier. He's, he does voices. He does things I can't do. That's not my goal here. My goal was to do more with Rita. End. Fiend. People keep asking, why don't you fill in over there more often? I've, you know, I've been asked, and I did. I, I was asked to fill in with Bruce for a week, and I, I took one of the days. Because I hadn't, I've known Bruce for forever. I'd never had an opportunity to do a show with him. And it was a neat thing. I've been friends with Bruce's daughter since I was like 12 years old. It was a cool thing for me to say, I'm going to go over and fill in and do a show with Bruce. But for the most part, I'm over there for one reason. Rita. And I hope you guys get that from listening to us and understanding that. So, um that's what I want. When this is over, I want people to come, I either want people to come back and listen to more of Rita and I or come over here and that is, I'm not going to lie, Like I hope that people have learned about me. I, I was eight years removed from the last time I had hosted a daily radio show in Baltimore. There's a whole group of younger people that might like see me on Twitter and be like, "What? why is he, Glenn Clark Radio? I mean, I'm, there's nobody on the radio named Glenn Clark. What the hell is that? So I, I do hope that, that people have come over this way and found this show because of what we've been doing over there. And we're going to keep doing a good show over here. We're going to keep um, producing content. And um, these things all work together. And I will be doing... I, we're still trying to define exactly what it'll be. It'll definitely be a pregame video and a halftime video for every game this season on Pressbox's Facebook page, maybe YouTube as well. We're kind of working through some of that. Um, and maybe even the end of quarter things that I used to do back in the day where I just pull my phone out and be like, yo, what's up? Here's what I thought about that quarter. I don't know. We're, we're still working through what project game day will become now that it won't involve the post, the traditional post game show since Reed and I will be over there. All right. That was a prolonged thing. Yeah. I asked good questions, I guess. Yeah. Is that what it was? <laughs> was that uh, are you going to be rooting for uh, the Ravens to win or lose? Like, do you think you'll get better content out of, uh, no, that, out of that's such a dumb thing. This, People really believe that, like, if if you're in town, like the radio people want to see the team lose. I want to make this abundantly clear: that's bad for everybody. It's bad for business. It's bad for everybody. Everybody needs the team to win. There's it, always going to be enough to complain. It drives about. larger audiences. It drives larger interest. It drives larger pay. All of it. That's a big deal. All right, I'm way behind. I'd spent way too much time with this, but that's the deal. We're doing a, a post game over there now. All right, today's show also brought to you by, ooh, this one's going to be brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. 
Hopefully he didn't take Griffin's advice uh, for the fight on Saturday night because that he, was unbelievable. Yeah, I, it was crazy. It was I, crazy. Leon was Edwards, shocked. the new champ. Yeah, it was stunning. It was very stunning. Final minute of the fight, incredible. Uh, he was cruising to the decision. Yep. I had it in the bag. Yep. And, uh, All of a sudden, one kick, one kick, and it's over. Um, Fortunately, every, I hit on something else uh, though. So. Oh yeah, you're, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, Every big event, the place to be is the FanDuel Sportsbook. And starting tomorrow, they have bet pads available in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. You won't even have to get off your butt. You can go watch all the games. Keep thinking about week one of college football season. I know this week is week zero, so if you really want to bet that, you can. Week one the following Saturday. FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino and Hotel. Email events at sportssocialmd.com to reserve your spot. Uh, coming up this hour, uh, Jake Luke will join us next from Baltimore Beatdown. We'll talk about the Ravens. And then Xavier Scruggs, former MLBer, now with ESPN. He was up in Williamsport. We'll uh, talk to him about some Orioles as well. That's all on the way. Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Forget plus-minus odds, Swagger uses points for a better way to understand probabilities. If you're tired of losing because of one bad pick, with Swagger, you don't need to be perfect to win. You just create a lineup of 4-10 to 10 simple player props and score points for the ones you get right. So you can be half right and all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your buy-in. Plus, you can play all the major pro sports, including your favorite local team, if you're ready to play, visit playwithswagger.com slash pressbox to sign up and Swagger will give you $10 free to try them out. Plus, they'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. It's free money to play with Swagger. Swagger, daily fantasy for all fankind. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom, from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State, and we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover of demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The 2022 Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite continues on Saturday, September 10th with the Struts post-game concert. After the O's take on the Boston Red Sox, stay to watch the Struts perform live from the infield. 
concert admission is open to all fans who attend the game with the option to add special on-field access for just $25. With hit singles like Kiss This and Could Have Been Me, this is one Saturday night at the yard you can't miss. Buy now at Orioles.com slash music. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, coming up a little bit later on uh, this afternoon, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimsley are going to catch up with none other than Scotty McGregor, of course, former Orioles pitcher. Scotty McGregor will join those guys, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, uh, late this afternoon for that show. And if you miss it live, you'll be able to check it out uh, later on tomorrow at uh, youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. Five o'clock today, Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, and Scotty McGregor on Facebook Live. All right. Um, I try to separate. I, I know I was flaming earlier, but I try to separate what might maybe matter a little bit. What's at least worth talking about? Uh, my buddy Jake Luke from Baltimore Beatdown is with us. We were having some fun chatting about Joe Flacco last week, and um, I just said, man, it's been a while since Jake's been on with us, and I like Jake. So I thought it was time. Jake Luke, back with us here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? I am doing well, man, and uh, can confirm that I like you too. So good to be uh, rejoining the program. I, I, I appreciate that. That means not everybody does, so that <laughs> does mean something, man. Also, you know, it's funny too. I, I we we put Spencer on the radio show yesterday, so maybe I'm afraid that you think that we like him more than we like you, but that's not true. It's not true. We just uh, it was really specific content that we were doing. Um, yeah, you know, not not gonna lie, it, it hurt my feelings a little bit, but this is a nice consolation. All right, I, this is a solid silver medal. This does mean something, right? Like sloppy seconds are still you're still getting some action in the moment. Like let's maybe let's be fair maybe, about maybe. that. Maybe we get an agent. He and I will be a package deal going forward. I, I can't keep missing out on these big opportunities, you know. Um, all right, so I, Jake, I don't know how much you know about me. I, I hate preseason football. I loathe and detest everything about it because I, I know what it is and I know what it isn't. And what it isn't is football. Um, it's, it's something else. It's an exhibition. I, I can't pretend like there is some great think tank piece to be written about the Ravens winning 22 straight preseason games. It's an anomaly. That's what it is. There's not. It's not a testament to something. It's just weird and nothing more than that. But I am willing to listen to arguments about things that you see that you say, look, I'm not telling you that it's, it means something, but I just think it's worth filing away. So I'm going to ask you, as, as someone who you know follows, I, I don't know you're a big Orioles fan too, um, what do you think is worth filing away from what you have seen so far this preseason? I would say, I mean, the performance of these rookies really can't discount them. And I think where I'll disagree with you is you say it's not football. Well, it is football in the same way that high school football is football. It's the sport for sure. It's not, there's no competitive import. So I'm with you there, but you can take away traits from what you see from these guys for sure. You can take away Travis Jones having a big game. Uh, you can take away Isaiah likely having a big game against these guys that to your point on, on your tweet earlier there about playing against XFL players, like, yeah, for sure. Like the level of competition is not very good, but I think it says something good about Isaiah likely about Travis Jones, about maybe Daniel Falele in certain spots where they look physically better than these guys. And maybe that means that they belong on an NFL field uh, as soon as this year, I think you can certainly take that away. So I'm not like totally, you know, I'm not Ray Ra. Like it's amazing that they've won 22 
straight games in the preseason. We have a little bit of a running joke about John Harbaugh and kind of his approach on our, on our podcast actually about that. But I think you can certainly take away traits at the very least from these young players. And I think, you know, to that point, we've seen some really good ones so far. So, I, Jake, to your point, it's, I, I tried to convey it earlier and I tried to convey it in the show. I like Isaiah Likely, right? No pun intended. I I think that he's a talent. I think that um, he can be a really helpful piece. What I worry about is that he has an explosive first half of a game, and everybody starts tweeting about him and raving about him, and all of a sudden our expectation goes from he should be a reasonable, helpful football player to he is supposed to be a superstar, and if he's not that when he's playing against real football games, suddenly we think he's disappointing for some reason. Yeah, I think that makes sense. But I think, you know, that's something that I believe you learn pretty early on if you're a football fan, right? You watch the first couple of years, you get excited about the preseason. You say, you, you know, you take a lot away from it. You say, wow, this guy is supposed to be X, Y, and Z. But after your first couple of years watching football, you have reasonable expectations. And I think, especially in this case, it's going to be reasonable because the situation is going to take care of itself where Mark Andrews is going to come in and he's going to hoover up all those target carries and he's going to take away some from the wide receivers as well. So there's going to be different expectations for likely once the season rolls around for most reasonable football fans. And maybe, you know, I don't mean to put you on blast here, Glenn, but maybe if you're worrying about the people that are worrying about Isaiah likely yeah, right. not producing, you're kind of wasting your time a little bit. So it's just one of those things where I think, yes, people that take away too much from it are kind of a little bit crazy, but that might be a little bit of a vocal minority in some instances. And it's just something that all around to me, it's just not worth getting work up, worked up over. If I, you hate it and you're against it, then that's fine. If you love it, I think you're a little crazy to your point, but it's it's just kind of whatever. It's just, it's it's cake before the, uh, or maybe not cake, it's an appetizer before the, the main serving I, of the regular. I, I, so. to Jake, to your point, I am the type that typically tries to ignore the, the most absurd of the, of the absurdities, right? But I do think that there is a responsibility like to, like I, I keep trying to say, keep within reason, right? Like that there are, I think... I think what we're seeing from Isaiah Likely right now is a sign that he's an NFL player, that this dude can play in this league. What does that mean? We'll find out, right? Like, to your point, we're going to find that out. Like, you know, he's going to get that opportunity. Um, there are people in this town that think that Ed Dixon was a disappointment. Ed Dixon was a hell of a football player for a long time in this league. He just didn't produce insanely as a pass catcher the way that you wanted him to. He was he was one of the finest blocking tight ends that we've ever seen to the point where he was actually the tight end that started in the Super Bowl, and people forget that, right? Like, I... I, I just, I feel like we need to be as reasonable, like that's my role, is try to keep things as reasonable as we possibly can. I'm excited about Isaiah Likely. Let's ease, let's pump the brakes a little bit about thinking that suddenly this is the greatest tight end duo in the history of football, right? Like that's all I'm kind of saying. No, that makes perfect sense. And I think uh, it is just kind of one of those things where it's also you forget about the relative lack of hit rate on pretty much any draft pick, let alone a fourth rounder, if this guy turns into literally anything for them, that's pretty damn good for a fourth yep. round pick. So, great, no yeah, doubt. So set no the expectations, doubt. Yeah, set the expectations and just kind of put yourself in, in the right frame of mind with these people. For anyone listening that uh, is not doing that, you know, I assume, like I said, I think it's a vocal minority. I think most people get it, but you're out here fighting the good fight, trying to make sure everyone gets it. So that's that's good on you. All right, he is Jake Luke from Baltimore Beatdown. Jake, where are you? You know, Demarcus Robinson is on the team now, so that, that addresses everything. All the problems are solved. Um, where are you with the totality of the pass-catching situation? With the... And I, and I ask that because it's a complicated question because when you talk about, you know, hey, the, the lack of depth and experience at wide receiver, immediately someone shouts out at you about the tight ends. And I get that. I like the tight ends. But I'm not – I also know that you, you truly do need guys 
that can stretch the field a little bit more than the average tight end, and even the really good tight ends can. So where are you with the totality of where the Ravens stand as far as their pass-catching department is concerned? I said I said this before. I think he even said it last night on our recap show. I'm reminded, Glenn, of 2013 after the Ravens had shipped off Anquan Bolden, and some people would make the point of, and, you know, this is me doing the anecdotal hashtag some people thing, right. but, you know, people said, Oh, Den- Dennis, Dennis Pitt is going to replace him. I, dude, dude, yeah, well, I've talked about this for, oh my God, you and I are having the same conversation. I've talked yeah, about it for nine like, years. Yeah, who's supposed to be Dennis Pitta in that instance then? Like, you know, that's subtraction by subtraction, and there's nothing good about doing something like that. And to the overall question, like, they haven't done enough at wide receiver as far as I'm concerned. I like the Robinson signing. I mean, I think it's about as good as you're going to do at this point. I think he's going to make the team, and, you know, he might produce a little bit for them. But uh, I think ultimately they didn't do enough at wide receiver. I was saying I wanted them to add at the position before Hollywood Brown got shipped out of town. So I feel a little bit uh, left out in the cold on that as a fan and as an analyst who was kind of – uh, trying to reconcile the fact that they just don't value this position as much as other franchises. Well, that's great and everything, but I don't know. I just think to be an effective playoff 2022 offense, you probably do need an investment there. And listen, I like what they've done in the offseason, and if not picking a wide receiver is what they had to do to grab guys like Travis Jones to take a risk on David Ojabo, I'm totally fine with that as a calculated risk. But all I'm saying is it's a very important position in this modern NFL, and uh, I just don't think they did quite enough this offseason. We are in complete agreement on that particular topic. What I can't figure out is, is will it be the difference in their ability to win a Super Bowl or not, right? Because I do come back to... I think the path to their ability to win a Super Bowl is them trying to replicate 2019 and you know having the most dynamic run offense in the history of football. And I, my my gut is, even if you do that, you still need to have a, a couple more. Like I and I like Rashad Bateman a lot, dude. I'm with everybody else. Like I think Rashad Bateman might be special, but it's a lot to put on him immediately to go along with Mark Andrews. I. I don't know. I don't know if I think this ultimately is what could ruin them and their hopes of winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm with you. And, uh, you know, I love Rashad Bateman. I like Duvernay. I like the potential of Wallace. He hasn't had a great camp. I like the idea of James Prochet. You know who I love? I love Stefan Diggs. I love Mike Williams. I love Keenan Allen. I love a lot of these weapons that a lot of these other young guys have at wide receiver. And, you know, even like to the point, like I think Lamar is a better fit for throwing to tight ends anyway. So I Mm -hmm. get the approach of saying we're going to go over the middle and kind of build things up through the middle uh, with a likely, with a Charlie Kohler, with a Mark Andrews. That's all fine to me, but it just, it feels like there's a little bit of a a nuance missing here that uh, other young quarterbacks afford the luxury of. And, you know, I think some of this whole Lamar doesn't get as good of a supporting cast. I think it can be overblown to an extent. I think it's a little bit of a self-pity fan thing that some people do. I think he's had a pretty good supporting cast overall for his skill set. But, yeah, it is a little di- disappointing to uh, see them going into the year uh, with this, uh, you know, I-, I would say relatively lackluster wide receiver core right now. I like some of the potential, but it's just, you know, you got to prove it to me. Yeah, 100%. Right. By, by the time, to your point, we could be sitting here, you and I could be talking in December, and we could be saying to ourselves, boy, I mean, this, what a group this was. This is an amazing group. Like, my God, they were all over it. But I, it's hard to have that confidence in the moment. Um, the other thing that I'm struggling with, right, is I have kept saying – Hey, if Ronnie Stanley doesn't play, I feel better about the situation they're in than they were in last year because that was one of the great disasters in the history of football, and I'll never, I will die before I understand what they thought they were doing with Alejandro Villanueva when they signed him a year ago. I will never, I will go to my grave, and I have talked to them. I still don't understand what they thought they were doing there. I, 
I do, like so many, think that they're in a better situation. And as we inch closer to week one and we still know nothing at all about Ronnie Stanley, we have to be having the conversation at some point. How are you feeling, particularly given that they've been a little bit banged up elsewhere on the line? Yeah, it's it's really concerning to me. And, you know, I, I don't have to, like, get into too much or anything, but, you know, there are whispers that uh, it's just a, a weird situation overall. Yeah. And, like, you're, you're praying he can get into the right headspace and get himself back to where he needs to be because they do need him a lot. And, I mean, it's something – it's a cliche on our podcast at this point, but we've talked about – if they can get even 80% of like what all pro oh. Ronnie Stanley used to be, that's, that's a coup bringing him back at left tackle. But there's just to have uncertainty right now on what's today, August 22nd. I mean, that's just, it's not a good situation to be in. Thankfully though, you know, they didn't take the route that they did last year where it's all right, we're just going to sign a name and Alejandro Villanueva and hope that works out at right tackle. They've got some options here. They've got Juwan James who they liked what they've seen from in uh, the summer so far. Uh, they signed Morgan Moses, who's uh, obviously a very competent veteran, and then Daniel Folele is kind of your developmental piece, plus some guys like McCary who have the versatility to step in and tackle at, in a pinch. But it's just really all they could do with the offensive line this offseason they did, including just saying, like, hey, Ronnie, we've already paid you, so come back, see if you can give us something, and if you can't, then uh, we're still paying you anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, you can't get out of it 100%. Like, it's 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 sunk money, but at the same time, my God, what, what it changes for your football team, to your point, if you could just get 80% of Ronnie Stanley, it, it utterly and completely changes your football team, and I'm not, I'm just not certain that that's the case, unfortunately. I am not certain that it's going to go that way. Um, Jake, what are you still keeping your eye on for the next couple weeks before the season begins? I mean, we got a game next week, which I guess is going to be, I, I don't know if that's the meaningless game now. You know, they used to have that. It's so weird you say that, right? I thought if there was ever a time that you're going to run Lamar Jackson out for like a series, it would be in this game. I, 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 yeah. I thought that would be the case. Yeah, exactly. So it seems like he's probably not going to play. So yep. I guess that's one thing to keep an eye on is that contract situation. And we have heard, it's like it's ping-ponging reports this whole training camp of like, oh, they feel like they're in a good spot. It's going to get done. And then you got Jake Glazer on TV yep. last night talking about this guaranteed money thing. And now they've got a hurdle to face. And it's just been back and forth. And I'm just, I, I've been ready for that to be done for a long uh. time. But it's, just, it's, a, it's we have a moratorium on it on our show at this point to an extent. And uh, I guess that's, you know, it's something to track begrudgingly. Uh, what else to look at? I guess you can't really get much schematically out of uh, what you see in the preseason. That's one thing that really doesn't matter. But uh, how are these these coaches faring? How is Mike McDonald kind of looking? How is he translating, uh, at least from a leadership perspective, to some of these players? I'm sure things are going well. Uh, but, you know, I guess that's something that we're going to have to track. Uh, and then, yeah, just development of young players, obviously. This wide receiver room is really still not settled to this point. I don't know if we're going to see Demarcus Robinson in that last game, but is it going to come down to him and a Shamar Bridges who played very well in that first game to get that last spot? Uh, some depth along the defensive line, I think maybe is something that you want to keep an eye on with Brent Urban, with some of these guys. There's just a, a lot of pieces that I think are really intriguing that might be on the uh, pivot points of this roster. So just keeping you know an eye on all those guys, maybe at the bottom there that, uh, could ultimately wind up contributing a decent bit to this team. I think they're very deep, and that's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, at Jake Luke, and that's L-O-U-Q-U-E on Twitter is how you follow him. The Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, BaltimoreBeatdown.com. I promise we'll uh, we'll get you on the radio show at some point, all right? That's a promise from me to you, my friend. Thank, thank you, as always, taking the time. Let's do it again soon, all right? It's...
Yeah, absolutely. How's the uh, how's the new space looking, by the way? Uh, we're, the uh, come over and see us. Find a day. Come over. Hang out with us. You know you're always welcome here. Come over. We're in Towson now. It's a lovely little uh, little place that we got over here. We'll go over to Glory Days afterwards. We'll get some wings. All right. It's... Yeah, that that sounds like a great plan. Thank you as always, buddy. It's uh, great to chat with you. And uh, yeah, let's do it again very soon. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate you, bud. Jake Luke, Baltimore Beatdown, checking in with us here on GCR. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a good day. We uh, we do the show together. We go over get some wings at Glory Days. Put some uh, that, uh, Korean number two sauce on them. I like it on the uh, smoky thigh wings myself. You still have time to get over to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill and try some of the summer seasonal menu options, including the opener, the flash fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks perfection, lobster roll with the grilled corn. All still available. Your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Get your order in right now by going to glorydaysgrill.com. Again, glorydaysgrill.com in order to get your order in. All right, uh, we continue along in a Monday edition of the program. Of course, not only was there the Ravens last night, but the Orioles, and I, I can't say enough about it. I cannot say enough about how wonderful all of it was yesterday. Other than the moment where I was terrified that Adley Rutschman was going to hurt himself sliding down a hill. Other than that brief moment where I was like, no! He was fine. And he's an adult. He can do whatever he wants. He can, it's not me saying that he... I want to make that very clear. I'm not doing the hot take. Adley should never have fun. I just I can't help it. He's a very important person in this city right now. Uh, everything about the Little League Classic was just a 10 and a half. And of course, the Orioles winning was the perfect way to wrap it up. Joining us now... Um, you see him on ESPN. You see him on MLB Network. He's a former Major League first baseman. He was also in Williamsport last night, taking it all in. He is Xavier Scruggs, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Xavier, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. I hope that you enjoyed being there as much as I enjoyed watching all of that yesterday. Oh, man. Uh, first of all, I appreciate you having me. And, and, yeah, it was amazing to see just – I mean, when you get big leaguers start acting like little leaguers and, like you mentioned, sliding down the hill, just enjoying their time, getting the little leaguers autographs, um, you can just tell how special it is. Just because all these guys remember when they were that age, right? And that, that that's when you really start locking in the, the love of the game and you start understanding what it's like to, to be on a team. Um, for all those guys, both Orioles and Red Sox, it was very special. And just getting to talk to so many guys, I talked to Cedric Mullins for a while, and he just talked about, you know, couldn't wipe the smile off of his face just because of how special of a moment all day was. Not just a moment, but all day was yesterday for those guys. So cool, man. I I made a point earlier. I really believe that baseball could do this, where there's 30 teams, that you could have 15 event games during the course of the year, right? You got this... You got the Little League thing. I know they tried to do um, a game in Omaha a couple years ago before the pandemic related to the College World Series. They've done a military theme game before. Like, I, I, I don't know. You can tell me more as a player, but as a fan, I feel like monotony kind of tends to sink in sometimes. Particularly, it's been more exciting this year for the Orioles because they're good. But like for a lot of teams, it's just rolling out there. Here's the next game of 162 I feel like this could be done by baseball to do these like theme games one a week for the entirety of the summer and break up the monotony and bring some additional joy to baseball games. Am I crazy to think they could pull that off? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you're crazy, but I would say that, you know, the any way that you can break up the monotony of the season is going to be great, not only for the players, because 
we, we understand that as players, any, anything you can do to give uh, a breath of fresh air, right? Yeah. Anything you can do to bring a, a smile to these guys' faces and change some things up, that's going to be big. And same thing for the fans. The, the only problem is you have, with 162 games, the scheduling issue is just out of control, right? Because now we're talking about in the future – um, you're not just going to be playing more of your division. You're going to be playing out of division games more and more. Um, so the, you have to remember these guys playing every day, a day like yesterday in which both teams get up early, they fly the same morning, they, they're all day at the field, right, with the kids, and then they have the game late at night. So it just makes for a very long day. That's fair. And you don't want to have that occurrence, you know, too much within a 162-game season because it's a long season within itself. But, yes, I agree that there's a lot of things that you can do to help break up that monotony and add some more value to some different aspects of this game. He's Xavier Scruggs, ESPN, MLB Network. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Xavier, when this game was announced, we, you know, the jokes were easy. Ah, the Orioles are playing in the Little League Classic. Well, they might as well play in the Little League World Series because when the game was announced, the, the Orioles weren't any good. Um, obviously, that's completely changed. How do you explain what has happened in such a quick amount of time for this team to go from literally the worst team in baseball, they had the number one pick in the draft, <laughs> to one of the most exciting teams that we've seen in recent baseball memory. Well, I think there's a couple of things to remember, right? Even as this team was struggling, this team was still playing in the AL East. So you're playing against the best division itself, and you're continually trying to figure out ways to beat good teams and no matter if you're struggling you're still going through that process of okay where are we at compared to everybody else and you continue to figure out what you have to do to make things better one of the biggest reasons I mean and I'm sure you would agree is Adley Rushman's emergence to the major leagues I mean you think about what this team has done since he's been at the major league level uh, I think when you talk about uh, uh, an emotional high and bringing on somebody who can you you can expect to affect the game in so many different levels from a defensive standpoint, from an offensive standpoint on both sides of the plate. We see the leadership that he brings at age 24. Um, he's one of the biggest reasons. But also, we've talked so much about the bullpen, right? When you can when you can have guys that can take pressure off of one another from a bullpen standpoint. You don't always feel like every little moment you can lose the game. I, mm -hmm. I feel like there's now mm -hmm. a lot of confidence with that team when you look at the bullpen, and then that takes pressure off of the starters. You look at the starters, they've been able to go a little bit deeper in the ball games, and the same thing for the offense. When you feel like, okay, my starters can go deep, we can provide some runs at any point in the game, and they've been able to do that throughout the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. It really is a great point. And what you say about Adley Rutschman, dude, I – I can't believe I'm, I've said this, but I said it a couple times. I can't believe that I actually think Adley Rutschman might have been underhyped, which is insane because he's the most <laughs> hyped athlete we had seen in the city in a decade. Like, I, and somehow Absolutely. he's even better than what people described him as with the possibility for him to still get even. Like, we, we still think that some of these doubles are going to turn into more home runs moving forward, right? Like, I, I am so blown away. Uh, by by how much this kid brings to the table and how he's changed the attitude, the the little things, and I'm sure you see it, like the hugs after the game, the meeting the guys at the mound. Um, it, it just seems to be infectious. And the moment he arrived, yeah. winning came with him. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there's just a sense of when you when you 
and I can even speak to this just from playing with the Cardinals and the Marlins, is when you get a top prospect that comes up and everybody is excited about the fact that he's, he's going to bring something different to the table, but when you get the type of consistency that you've seen from him in all aspects of the game, that doesn't happen too often. And I, and I love the idea that a national audience got a look at former top prospect and now major major league impact player Adley Rushman. Now the, the O's being 46 and 34 since he made his major league debut, there's a significant reason why this team has gotten better along the way throughout the course of this season. That's what, there's a reason why they've provided chaos within that AL East. Um, the, the teams really have to be serious now when they face the Orioles because before they used to look at the game like, okay, this is, should be an easy W. Every single team in that AL East is now concerned with the Orioles making an impact in the race. Uh, they won. They won series this week against both the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, right? Like, and and both teams that that are in it. It's a great point, um, Xavier. So, so a couple of questions moving forward. I, you brought up Cedric Mullins, and and I want to talk about Cedric because. He he. I feel like he's being treated a little unfairly because he went thirty thirty last year, and I think a lot of people thought, well, that's who he's supposed to be. Thirty thirty is bonkers. It's insane. Um, it was an unfair level of expectation to have for a player, and in a weird way, I actually think the season that he's having this year is backing up what he did a year ago and solidifying what he is as a player because his range. And the ground he's covering in the outfield and how the outfield defense has been so critical for this team and helping to improve their pitching staff, which is utterly nondescript, but yet has, by, by their numbers, pitched quite well. And doing the little things, stealing bases, putting up pretty respectable offensive numbers, I actually think Cedric Mullins has backed up being a legitimate star in this league, despite the fact that obviously he's not going 30-30 again this season. Well, I think what you can take solace in the fact is that you understand that he can play at even a higher level than what he's playing at. So I think that, you know, the bar that he set for himself last year was so high that you come into this year maybe having some of those expectations. But I like the fact that he can provide value for this team, even if his bat isn't isn't always clicking, right? Or even if the power isn't always there. Like you mentioned the stolen bases, got 25 on the season and also does a really nice job of working at bats and passing the baton to the next guy. You're talking about a guy that's still slugging over 400. Um, he finds a way to, to bring value defensively every single day. When you have a guy that can cover that much ground from a, from a defensive standpoint, that, help out, that helps out not only your pitchers, but you look at the guys in left and the guys in right, they don't have to cover as much ground. That allows them to be able to be, do, do, be more uh, confident defensively as well for themselves. And then I also look at the, the type of personality that he is. You see the energy that he brings to the field every single day. Um, not a lot of guys can, can bring that to the field. So Cedric Mullins is a catalyst at the top of the order. He's somebody that's uh, a foundation when you talk about defense in the middle of the field, which is so important. You mentioned it for the pitchers. That's big for this Orioles team to continue to have the success that they want to have. Xavier, there's a huge question that's being asked in Baltimore right now, and it surrounds – you mentioned how Adley Rutschman was the number one prospect. Well, according to some, the Orioles now have the new number one prospect in baseball. Others say there's number two, but 
Gunnar Henderson is thought of to be that dude now. Um, and a lot of people here say it's time. You need to get him here immediately. The Orioles need a little bit more. They've had, you know, they, they had a huge explosion of runs on Friday night, but for a little while yesterday, the bats went completely silent between the first and eighth innings. Um, they need one more bat, and this is the guy. And and I struggle with that because I think there's a great argument for it that he's proved what he needs to prove, but we're also still talking about a 21-year-old kid. And that's a lot of weight to put on a 21-year-old kid who's never played at the major league level to say, hey, we need you to come solidify this lineup to get this thing over the hump and into the postseason. What do you make of the decision with Gunnar Henderson? There is room for him to play. Rugnet Odor doesn't need to play every day. You know, Other guys that are out there, Urias maybe doesn't need to play every day. But are you forcing something? Are you putting too much pressure on a 21-year-old kid to bring him up at this point? and say, we need you to help make the difference in order to get into the postseason. Yeah, I, I just think he's definitely capable of doing it. I think you're asking a lot. You mentioned the age of 21. I, I think about, let's not forget, this kid was drafted in 2019, right? This is a couple of years ago that he's climbing through the system. Um, it, as well as it, when you're a, a team that's rebuilding and you're a team that also finds yourself in an opportunity for a race, you just have to be careful because – you, you've already done a nice job of garnishing prospects and then allowing them to have success at the major league level. The, the last thing you want to do is bring someone up too fast, and even though they performed at the minor league level, are they mentally ready? Um, are they mentally ready for that jump and for a whole fan base to count on somebody to perform during a playoff pennant race? That's the only issue I have with that. And also – you have to understand this is a player that has been playing every single day for, for his whole life, right? You, do you want to put him in a situation where he's able to play every day? Do you want to put him in a situation where he has to, you know, come off the bench or he has to uh, be kind of utility? We know he can play short and third. So I, I, you just have to be extremely careful with the situation. And, and I think it could be a little bit early, right? Maybe you go ahead and give him uh, until next year to stay in the minor leagues to where he can have a fresh start at the big league level and see what he does from the beginning of the season um, to evaluate him a little bit more. I understand the argument, and, and you know it took it took Adley Rutschman a few weeks. As good as he is, it took him a few weeks to adjust to major league pitching. If, if you bring up Gunnar Henderson now and it takes him a few weeks, you know the season's over <laughs> at that point, right? right? Like you ran out of time. The one good thing is you understand that Gunnar Henderson. He he was a tremendous high school athlete, basketball, baseball yeah. in Alabama. So as far as making the adjustments, we've seen seen him do it extremely quickly in the at the minor league level. The major league level is a different animal. That's the only thing. So you just have to be careful. And like you said, there's not a lot of time left within this season. He's going to be expected to perform extremely quick. Um, if you were, you know, you were Mike Elias, you're, we're putting you in charge. The Orioles say. I'm not trying to fast-forward past this year, but I think no matter what, even if they get in, most of us find it very hard to believe that this is a team that can win a World Series this season. But that being said, the foundation that's here, they say we're going to fortify it. We're spending money. We're, it's liftoff. We're, we're going for it now. And we're, we intend to win. What, are you, what were you doing? What's your move, Xavier Scruggs? What do you add to this team <laughs> in order to close the gap between being a fun team, a competitive team, and a team that's ready to take that next step to try to compete with, um, well, what used to be the Yankees. I'm not really sure what they are anymore um, in the <laughs> AL East and to try to win a World Series. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think you got to look at starting pitching. This has to be a, a foundation of everything, right? When you look at some of these teams like the Houston Astros that have extreme depth in starting pitching, um, you know, I think the same can be said for the Los Angeles Dodgers. You're not just trying to be a team that makes it to the playoffs. So you're going to be a team that wants to go deep into a postseason run, and you're looking at adding depth to a, a rotation. That's got to be the first and foremost. You've got to have somebody that you can say, okay, if we go into a playoff game, I know I locked down game number one because I have this guy. So for me, that's kind of got to be the focus for them, whether it be this offseason or going into next year's kind of uh, whether it be trade deadline. But just the focus has to be how do we continue to build this rotation and make sure that we have a front-line ace and guys to back him up. I agree. I, look, everybody in town, for whatever, for whatever reason, the name is Carlos Rodon, right? Like, we're all talking about Carlos Rodon as being the perfect guy for the Orioles to go after. What I'm afraid is that we don't realize the price tag for Carlos Rodon is now everybody else in every other city is talking the same way, and you can't get him for a reasonable number. He really is at this point more like a $200 million pitcher. Well, I'll throw, I'll throw another name at you there. If, there. if we're talking about that type of money, then you look at, you know, how serious they are. Jacob DeGrom, when he might opt out of his contract, it might be available. Bro. So there's some there's some guys out there that if the Orioles, depending upon how serious the Orioles are, there's names. I mean, look, I'm all for it. I just don't <laughs> I just don't think I, I think when they say it's on and we're gonna spend money, I, I think that means something else to the Orioles than it does to say the Dodgers. You know what I mean? But you never know because because you do, you looked at look at the Texas Rangers situation last year. Did That's we true. expect them to go out and spend half a billion dollars on, did not. on two players? Certainly did not. So, I mean, you just never know with some of these teams as far as what they are thinking about doing. Do you think? And I'll wrap with this. Do you think they should consider bringing back Trey Mancini, or do you think that this is the perfect? This ultimately was the best way for these these sides to split. Mancini's never going to be happy with the, the the fence being where it is in Baltimore. He needs to be somewhere else, and the Orioles can't have another positionless bat. They need you know guys that have defined positions moving forward. I think either way, um, you know Trey Mancini's obviously been, was a great addition. Um, either way, I, I think the parting. Um, would be okay the way it is, but obviously, if Trey Mancini has an opportunity to come back and you and you feel like there's a fit there, um, there's no better marriage, right? You think about how he's grown up in the organization, all the things that he went through as far as uh, surviving everything that he did. Um, he's a special story, and I think when you talk about the type of fans that he's still able to touch, what he's done in the community, um, that stuff never gets lost, and you can always welcome somebody like that back, especially if they're producing and he's doing it with the, the Astros as well uh he is Xavier Scruggs Xavier where are we seeing you what can we plug for you give me the whole rundown man yeah you definitely uh you can follow me on social Xavier underscore Scruggs on all the platforms uh I'll be on ESPN Little League game today two games today here at the Little League World Series so excited about that and of course MLB Network on the off base show uh Monday through Fridays Hey, man, uh, enjoy the time in Williamsport. I know it's a special place. There's a lot of love for baseball there. And I, I can't – y'all did such an unbelievable job putting that all together. I could not get enough content of that last night. Like, I <laughs> I, I don't care that my, my feed was inundated with it, and I still wanted more. It was just so unbelievable. <laughs> Xavier, appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking some time for us. Look forward to doing it again down the road, all right? It's
No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Xavier Scruggs with us here on GCR after he was in Williamsport for the Orioles and Red Sox last night doing baseball tonight for ESPN. All right. Um, if you have not picked up the new print issue of Pressbox yet, I would say you should go run out and do that immediately. It's available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. On the cover, Mark Andrews, Ravens tight end. Larger than life. Really great story. Um, a lot of people know some elements of Mark Andrews' story, but I'm not sure you know all elements of Mark Andrews' story. And Bo Smolka did an excellent job of, of really detailing this kind of unlikely path for Mark Andrews to become a breakout star in this league. Um, so you go pick that up right now. You can always read it at PressBoxOnline.com. Um, but the print issue is available at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Uh, for those that are wondering why no Jeremy today, Jeremy's got COVID. Um, it's a bummer. And um, although he, I, I, he won $50,000 betting on something on Saturday. Are you serious? He, he, he said, so, said good news, bad news. Good news. Bad news, I got the COVID. You think he's out there just spending it? I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. I think what he would tell us, uh, he would remind me if I brought it up, he'd be like, dude, don't forget how much I've lost Uh, over the years. Like, don't, he won't, he would give me that, which I, I trust me, he's still very much net positive, but who knows what the waves have been. Um, I say that because you can also find Jeremy's picks every day at pressboxonline.com. And the guy just won $50,000 on Saturday. So if I were you, maybe check out Jeremy Khan's picks at PressBoxOnline.com. But yeah, we uh, we said we were cool with getting Jeremy the, the week off, making sure he feels better. and uh, He'll be back with us uh, when he's getting back to health. But uh, we love Jeremy, and so we were happy to take a week off from that. When we come back in, I have not discussed I, – I had it on my list earlier, and then I got lost in all the other nonsense. We have not discussed the Jake Laser report from last night about Lamar Jackson, so we will do that when we come back in, and we'll get a tidbit and two to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Forget plus-minus odds, Swagger uses points for a better way to understand probabilities. If you're tired of losing because of one bad pick, with Swagger, you don't need to be perfect to win. You just create a lineup of 4-10 to simple player props and score points for the ones you get right. So you can be half right and all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your buy-in. Plus, you can play all the major pro sports, including your favorite local team, if you're ready to play, visit playwithswagger.com slash pressbox to sign up and Swagger will give you $10 free to try them out. Plus, they'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. It's free money to play with Swagger. Swagger, daily fantasy for all fankind. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you very much. 
having me. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle, take it away, boys. All right, we are winding down for a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. <sighs> Today's show also brought to you by Simply the Bets, which returns tomorrow at 1140. Simply the Bets, every Tuesday at 11.40. Weekend at Bookies, every other Thursday at 11.40. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. And Griffin, I won't make you wait two weeks until the next Weekend at Bookies. You can go ahead and gloat now if you'd like. Uh, I mean, there's no gloat. I mean, obviously I missed my first two yes. picks for it. Uh, like the first two times we did Griffin's Gratuitous Grouping. But, uh, you know, it was a great weekend. Uh, you know, great. Uh, obvi- obviously, I know the, my tennis. We, not I say- know my CFL. He, you're, you're not saying that. You and I know to, my you, UFC. You have to say the thing. Griffin's gratuitous grouping hit this it week. It did. It did. Um, the three legs again were they were uh, Felix Auger, Aliassime, mm-hmm. uh, the BC Lions, and the CFL minus five. They covered, uh, and then uh, Marav Divalishvili got a decision against Jose Aldo. On, and and uh, it was it was uh, FAA against Sinner, correct? Yes, it was. But Borna Korich won the Cincinnati tennis tournament, which is the most insane sentence that you could ever possibly. Borna Korich, in a field that included. Nadal. All of the, not all of the, but the majority of the stars. Overwhelmingly, loaded field. Borna Koric won. Daniel Medvedev was in that tournament. He you, beat Stefano Stitsipas in the final. Who was your pick in the, what? going into it? Going into it? Yeah. I, don't, I don't normally make picks for these uh, secondary tournaments just because they're, Three set tournaments are always a little bit wonky for me. So you like, you like the five set like oh, format for the? I, when I, my buddy, I feel like it just goes so my, long. My co-host for uh, Courts of Thunder, Greg Rosenthal, we normally end up getting in fights about it because really? he's a three set guy. I'm like, it, I I don't mind it. I think three sets is perfect for these types of tournaments, but to determine the the most important champions, you want to see them play for five they're, hours. They're, and look, there's a reason why Borna Koric is not going to win a Grand Slam. <laughs> that won't happen. He can. 
it's still insane that he won Cincinnati. It's bonkers that he won Cincinnati. But he ain't winning a slam. That is not occurring because you can't. There's a reason. It's the. It is like the three uh, three round five round thing in in, oh, in, in mixed MMA martial arts. And, yeah. Like these are these is the championship rounds. Okay, I guess that's fair. That's um, when you play like that, for the like most important, the most important championships in the sport should be determined in five sets always. Now that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with women playing three sets, and I'll let them have that conversation if they think that at some point they should go to five sets, and if they think they should, I I support it. But I'm not trying to belittle them and the fact that they play three sets. That's their decision that I don't know enough about to have a strong statement about. I know from from being the minimal tennis player that I am, that men can play five sets. It's tough. It's grueling. It's gr- But that's the idea. You're determining a major champion. Play five sets. But in Cincinnati, you play three. Borna Korich. I'll never, <laughs> I'll never, I can't believe that's a thing that occurred. Anyway, yes. Does that mean he's winning uh, the U.S. Open? Now? No. Oh, okay. No. Not a chance in hell. One of the real players will win the U.S. Open. All right, we'll come back to this. We'll circle back after yeah. he wins. Yeah. No, he won't. That will not be a thing. Uh, well, weird summer, man. We haven't been able to do a Courts of Thunder. We were tr- like last summer. We were so excited that we were trying to do one after all the big tournaments. Um, we just haven't been able to do that. Unfortunately, it hasn't not been something we've been able to uh, follow up on because of our schedules. But we're going to try to do it for the uh, U.S. Open. We'll try to bring it back. And it's just tough because football's getting underway and. We're just distracted. Unfortunately, this one doesn't pay the bills. It's the way it goes. Um, such is life. Yeah, I got um, Griffin's. And, uh, and by the way, <laughs> I, 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 here's the real. I would love for you to try to come up with this number. If someone had bet before the last two weeks began, twenty bucks on Pablo Carreño Busta and Borna Korich winning Master Series tennis tournaments. If somebody had put that bet down on a parlay of Pablo Carreño Busta and Borna Korich winning those tournaments, I'd love to know what that paid. Because there is... I, the, the, I can't even fathom how astronomical those those odds would have been given the fields in these two tournaments back-to-back in Canada and Cincinnati. I, it's insane. Those are the two champions. Pablo Carreño Busta and Borna Korich. Nuts. Um, so yes, your uh, gratuitous. Uh, uh, well, I got it at better odds than when I tweeted it at because I had to, I placed the bet a little bit later. Ah. And, and Felix Aljaliasi went back to plus one hundred. Uh, but nobody, right so, but I, nobody, none of the individual. There was not a big underdog in I there. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah there I guess was. Not. Well, there was that's not how you parlay. That's how uh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. You parlayed three things that were reasonable, and by parlaying all three of them, you were able to get the odds that are what was minus seven seventy six. Yeah, it was like it was? plus seventy seven plus seventy six, and I got it like plus eight hundred. I think by the so, time I placed. So I mean, it. again, that was a reasonable. That was a that was a very solid parlay and a good payoff. If uh, if you put five bucks down on that, you made forty. If you put twenty bucks down on, it, made a good bet. You had a nice weekend. <laughs> And you got yourself a nice bottle. That's the way that it worked. All right. Um, so anyway, I want to talk about the Jay Glazer thing. The I again, I told you already, I didn't watch the football game last night. So I don't know when it was said. I don't know if it was in the pregame, if it was at halftime. I don't there know. was something they said in the pregame. I, I can't forget if it was Jake Glazer or Sean Payton, but they were talking about, they are like, oh, Lamar Jackson's had injury uh, issues and This all was a year. very specific. Was, but I do. It was a very specific thing. The other report about his contract. That Jake Glazer said. So at some point during the course of the broadcast last night, Jake Glazer reported 
that Lamar Jackson has been offered more money than what the Cardinals paid Kyler Murray. But that the hang-up is now that Lamar Jackson is looking for the Deshaun Watson thing. He's looking for the guaranteed contract. Um, I'm going to read this. This is uh, from Pro Football Talk. The uh, Jay Glazer Fox Sports reported Sunday during uh, during uh, reported during Sunday night's Ravens Cardinals game that uh, oh during the pregame show he says that Baltimore has offered quarterback Lamar Jackson more money than the Cardinals have agreed to pay the quarter their quarterback Kyler Murray. Glazer adds that the five-year fully guaranteed contract given to Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson complicates matters. Murray has a new money average on a five-year extension of $46.1 million, but Murray is signed for seven years in all. Watson's deal pays out $46 million per year over five years, all of which is fully guaranteed. To get Jackson to $46.2 million per year on a five-year new money deal, they need to sign him to a six-year $254 million contract since he's due to make $23.016 million this season. Glazer also called it, quote, uh, an, quote, uphill battle, unquote, to get a deal done, given that Jackson represents himself. Um, so, you know, I, I'll say what I can say, which is a couple of things. One, yes. Yes, this is what Lamar Jackson would be looking for. And if he had an agent, this is exactly what he should be looking for. It's insane, this thing that we do where we think that a quarterback getting money doesn't suddenly reset the market. Whatever Kyler Murray decided to do is his choice. But the idea that Lamar Jackson shouldn't be looking for a full and guaranteed deal is nuts. It's also understandable that the Ravens don't want the the Deshaun Watson deal to suddenly be the way that the market operates now. But what is their leverage? Their leverage ain't Tyler Huntley. What is their leverage? The entire NFL might attempt to collude, and I know we're not supposed to say that word, but you know what I mean, to prevent there from being more fully guaranteed deals given to quarterbacks. And the first one afterwards says, well, it can be done. But if Lamar Jackson's camp says, no, it can't, what do you do? Your choice is now to do the other thing, is to just say, okay, well, you're going to be our quarterback for the next three years, and if at some point in there you change your mind, uh, we hope you change your mind, and you hope he doesn't get pissed. And I still don't, for the life of me, understand why it is that Lamar Jackson hasn't demanded a trade, tried to get out, and use his leverage to land on a team that has no quarterback and would be willing to give up this type of deal. The question becomes, are we finding out that the teams are being strong in their stance? Have the 31 other teams in the NFL really linked up to say no? Because all it takes is one. All it takes is Daniel Jones being a disaster again this season for the Giants and the Giants saying, we have to do this. And if that means we got to trade for Lamar Jackson and pay him fully guaranteed money, we got to do it because we can't keep being this irrelevant. All it takes is one. So one of two things happens. Either one team buckles, says, hey, look, you don't want to do it, we'll do it. 
And then the Ravens have to figure out, is it really worth it for us to, to, to prove our point, to make our stand? Is, is principle really more important than, you know, football success? It's, it's perhaps clearer now that the deal won't get done before the season begins. Although, again, that's weird because I had been told a month ago that there was optimism. I, I'm, I'm in a weird spot. I, I don't really know what the choice is here. Do I do you want to pay a quarterback fully guaranteed contract? No. But this idea that you're putting the toothpaste back in the tube is extraordinary. I've tried. It don't go back. It's it's over, Jack. You can be as mad at the Browns as you want to be. They did what they did. And every other team that doesn't have a quarterback knows they're effed without one. The Cardinals are able to get a deal done without making it fully guaranteed. Perhaps there's a number by which Lamar Jackson's camp would say, all right, well, if it's not fully guaranteed, but it's the most money ever given to a quarterback, okay, we'll take that. But that's how the market works. And you can complain about Lamar Jackson not having an agent, but any agent worth their salt would be trying to do the same thing. Is there a point at which the Ravens say, we're just not doing this, we're moving on, that's the way it's going to be? Perhaps. It better not be for Tyler Huntley. It better be for going to get another quarterback. And I would encourage them not to do that. I think that would be insane. But if they decide, come hell or high water, we're not paying a fully guaranteed contract to anyone, then yes, at some point, I think they have to consider it. We Does it matter today? Not really. Right now, the Ravens are going to go prepare for a season. Lamar Jackson has decided he's going to play. He's going to participate. Again, these are two separate thoughts. Lamar Jackson has every right to do whatever he wants to do as a football player. I, if I represented Lamar Jackson, would have told him, nah, don't go on the field. Don't play a down until you've got that deal. That's what I would have said. Force the issue. Get the deal done. Force their hand. But that's his choice. He's an adult. He can do whatever he wants. And as long as he's playing, then Ravens fans probably won't care about it. Ravens fans will probably sit back and say, man, eh, we'll deal with it at some point. But it continues to percolate, and it's loud, and it's distracting for the outsiders. If the Ravens are completely, if everybody in that building is capable of having no hard feelings, and everybody's capable of getting along, great. Great. But it seems like it almost has to be awkward. It feels like it would have to be awkward. We'll see. That's the Jay Glazer report from last night. Tidbit brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The play is a Toyota Tacoma. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect toy Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local dealer today. All right, it was uh, nice. We got to Buster Olney was forced to tweet about the Orioles yesterday, uh, and he had a nice little tidbit of uh, that he found from Elias Sports. Ryan Mountcastle, Mountcastle made his debut two years ago uh, last night, uh, and it was against the Red Sox, and Mountcastle has 55 career home runs since his debut. That is the most by any Orioles player in the franchise within their two years of their debut. Um, and it is one more than Eddie Murray, who hit 54. So my tidbit question for you is, can you name the next six Orioles that would be on that list as most ho- with most home runs in their first two years? 
two years from their debut. Mm. All right. So uh, number one is Mountcastle. Number right. two is Murray. And so I'm looking for three through eight. Yes. How about I'll still try Carl Ripken. He had a big 83 season. Number eight, 28 home runs in his first uh, two years with the Orioles. How about Manny Machado? Number seven, Manny had 32 home runs. Now, it seems this had low, to be with an MLB debut, correct? Yeah. Not just so like Chris Davis couldn't be on this list because he debuted went with, with Orioles. That yeah, Orioles that debuted. They they made Oriole. their MLB debut as an Oriole. Yes. 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 So Chris Davis, Adam Jones, guys like that could not right. be on this They're, list because they, they made their list. debuts with other teams. Correct. Um, alrighty. So the number for Cal Ripken was? 28. I'll, try, I'll still try Matt Wieters. Matt Wieters, not quite enough. I think he just rounds out the top 10. Or no, he's just outside the top 10 with 20 Matt Wieters. Hmm. 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 About Al Bumbry. No, no he Al Bumbry. He did have a fine rookie year, though. How about Hauser's bounce? Man, it's specifically um, Johnny Scope. Johnny Scope, not inside the top 10. I think taken, he had. Might have taken 15, him a little while for the power to come. Why am I struggling? 17, Why am I struggling 17 for Scope. Uh, uh, Brooks. No, I don't see Brooks on yeah, here. Yeah, he didn't. I mean, that wasn't his thing. Yeah. Um, Boog. Boog, only 15. Only 15 bum. for Boog. What a bum. God. Uh, Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini, number three. 50 home runs for Trey Mancini since his debut in September of 2016. Where is that put him? You said number three? That would be number three number with three. 50. Yes. So 50 is a big-ass number. Yeah. Santander. Santander, no. I do not have him on here. How many home runs is it? That's a little odd. Yeah, it does seem odd. I mean, I guess he was a Rule 5 guy, you know, like that first year was... T- so that it might just be the uniqueness of that first season mm-hmm. that he was not playing as much because he was a Rule 5 guy. Um, God, that number makes it There's, feel... Yeah, so I have three left, two guys that are kind of... One's very obscure. The other I think you could get. And then the third one is one that you should know. It's kind of surprising with how many home runs he hit, but you should know this guy. Settle down. Settle down over there. Settle down. Uh, Jeffrey Hammonds. No, no Jeffrey Hammonds. Weird, weird, weird stuff. Um, Hoyles. Not Hoyles. Got a guy from the 60s, debuted with the Orioles in 1965. I'm not sure if he'll get him. Nicknamed Clank by Frank Robinson. I don't know who's named Clank, but I can think of... So he was on the 66 Orioles team, and I can yes. think of who was on the 66 Orioles team. Who was on... He was a... Uh, the, hang on. That was the second did, 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 year, 1966. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I'm going to come up with it. It Was okay. it... 50 home runs. 50 home runs. He didn't obviously he didn't hit a fifty, oh, but he, he was he was fourth. Guy. He's right behind Trey. He hit forty five. Paul Blair. Not Paul Blair. There's no way Davy Johnson hit that many home runs. It is runs. not Davy Johnson. Kurt Bleffrey? There you go. Like, how many did he hit? He hit forty five between sixty five and sixty six. Kurt Bleffrey hit that many home runs. That's Clank. wild, man. <laughs> That is wild. I did not realize that. All right. Uh, two more. Two more. Were? When did you say? Uh, let's see. One guy uh, he played for the Orioles in the past 15 years. 
the past 15 years. That's a broad. That's when he debuted 15 years ago. Debuted 15 years ago. 16. 2000, 2006. Yes. I don't remember much about the 2006. But he Orioles. was only Orioles for about eight years. Yeah, but it's not Jay Gibbons. He was before that. Well, there you go. That Jay Gibbons is one of them. Uh, he's one of them? Yes. Okay. Jay Gibbons. In uh, 2001 and 2002, he hits. He is fourth on the list, and he hits 43. Nick Markakis? Nick Markakis, 39. He was not home a home runs. run hitter. Oh, man, that is wild. Yeah. All right. Very good. There you go. And J- Caleb good. Joseph also had 20 home runs in his first two years. Good for Caleb. Yeah. I like Caleb. So he was tied with Matt Weaver. Good deal. All right. Very good. Thanks. Oh, no. Sorry. We got to do Tubular. Tubular is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. The best place to be for all of the games. Betting pads debut tomorrow in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. So if you're trying to make your plans, you're still time to move your fantasy football draft to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for that Saturday of Labor Day weekend, week one of college football season, which is insanely loaded. Cincinnati-Arkansas would be, would be a game that would be great in any other week. That week, it's barely being paid attention to because the week is so bonkers loaded with big games. So reserve your spot right now. You can hold your fantasy draft there. You can just come hang out, watch that first day of college football, the first real day. I know this Saturday is week zero. It stinks. The first real day of college football, the following Saturday, week one. You can do week zero in the FanDuel Sportsbook, too. You jump, can do that if you Jump all like. over the Austin P over. Sure. Northwestern, Nebraska. Somehow, somehow, Nebraska's favored by 12 and a half points. And I know Northwestern stinks, but so does Nebraska. I don't know what that's all about. That is a strange thing to me. Um, anyway, I, I'll bet the under in that game. They, they, they both yeah. stink. They both stink. If you want to bet any of those things, place to be FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino, and Hotel Maryland. Reserve your spot by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. Here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise, and it ain't much. Orioles, of course, are off tonight. Uh, MLB Network for Mets-Yankees at 7, Brewers-Dodgers at 11. ESPN coverage of the Little League World Series throughout the day. Then tonight you can watch Joe Flacco if you'd like. Falcons-Jets, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Yeah, ESPN 2 picks up coverage of the Little League World Series at 7. The USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw at 8, and that's all. Really just about it. New episode of The Bachelorette. Ah. American Ninja Warrior. Okay. On NBC People do eight. enjoy that. Those, they're like in the finals, so they're winding sure. down. And then uh, Kevin Can F Himself. Season oh, two I do premieres. like that show. I'm excited yes. about that coming back. Season I two do premieres. like that show. And that's just about it. Okay, very good. Bear Grylls season two also uh, sure. wraps up tonight. Anthony Anderson and Rob Riggle are going to be on with them. I don't know even what Bear Grylls does. Like, I don't know what They're the like show is anymore. Wild. Well, I, no, I, I remember like, when Bear Grylls first hit, it was one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen in my life. It was, dude, you're watching the man eat so, uh, an animal's heart, like rip its heart out and consume it for sustenance. It was the most exciting thing. But at some point, he started taking celebrities out, yeah, and you so were like, there's like no less. way that Will Ferrell is out there <laughs> drinking his own piss. There's no Will way. Will Ferrell might, actually. Mm, I don't even think Will Ferrell would. Ah. There's no, so I don't know what, like, what, at whatever point he started doing that, and I don't know what the show is called anymore. Um, like I kind of tapped out on Bear Grylls when it was just Bear Grylls out there, and you were convincing yourself you was really, like you realize how impractical it is they got a whole cast out there, yeah. like, like a whole crew. I mean, there's no way that they're putting all like he's just doing this stuff for show. Still, it was a good show. Nah, I don't know. At some point, it was I was kind of over it. I was like, all right, it doesn't mean the same for me. But damn, Bear Grylls was a phenomenon when he first hit. Like you could not get enough. You were watching. A ten-hour uh, Bear Grylls marathons because you're just like, what is he gonna do next? <laughs> Every time he's like, I've got to urinate, but I can't lose it. I have to find a thermos to keep it in. Like, what the 
crazy. All right, thanks today to uh, Xavier Scruggs from ESPN. Thanks to Jake Luke from Baltimore Beatdown. And, of course, my friend Rita. Uh, we made an announcement about uh, where the postgame show is now going to be heard on 105.7 The Fan this season. If you missed any of it, we'll get it up in the greatest hits section of the <laughs> tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, anything? Uh, let's see. Tomorrow we should be able to talk to Jeff Arnold. Okay, sure. Sure. We'll have Jeff Arnold on the program tomorrow. Very good. Like Jeff. Good guy. Simply the best. Stuff, stuff and things. All right, very good. Stuff and things on the program tomorrow. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including our friends at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland and the FanDuel Sportsbook, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, Great Ace Memorabilia. Visit Howard County, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Glenn Clark Radio. Oh, sorry, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Facebook is just me personally. That has nothing to do with the show. TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. I think we got some new interns starting too uh, in the next couple of uh, next week or so. I think we got two new ones that are going to be helping us out with some of that content. Have a great Monday night. Go nobody. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.